So the topic is going to, are we going to talk about guns or are we going to talk about real world experience with guns? We're going to talk about whatever the fuck we want. That's the joy of it, you know? Like Mm. I, so, and we're just going to roll into, I'm not even going to do an intro. Um, I got to a point, I've got a podcast. Mm -hmm. I've already got one where I talk about like nerdy stuff, pop culture news, shit like that. And, uh, and I love it. Like, I love that. Nerf Ridge Assemble. Like it's super fun. Like we, I do it remote with a buddy of mine and it's a great time. Um, but there's a lot going on. <laughs> there's a lot going yeah. on. In the world. And so I was like, you know what? I want to have something to where I can just like have these conversations. Cause every single time I have a conversation with my friends about like something that's going on in the world or right after a photo shoot, I always have like these really cool talks with the models that I work with. It's always fun. Yeah. And I was like, fuck. No, like I want to do a photo shoot or do some sort of creative thing and then like sit them down and have a podcast and just kind of like capture some of that stuff. It might not be interesting to anybody else. <laughs> yeah, but no, it's cool. It's it's like you're essentially documenting, like documenting history, your so, history. Yeah, something like that. I, yeah. I want to have conversations with friends and I'm like, you know what? We're in that age now. Like we're going to, I'm going to film it. I've got all the gear. <laughs> right. This is what I do. Like, I've got yeah. everything I need. It's just like, fuck it. So this is John, everybody. We've been, I mean, how long have we known each other? It's been a long time now. The Tale Untold has been around for seven years. Okay. And, and I would have found you guys just, I mean, it wouldn't have like, been too long after yeah. you guys got started. Yeah. So probably, yeah. So at least probably around six, six years or back so. In the, back in the lookout lounge days. Yeah. Oh, Way yeah. back in Rip. the day. Way back in the day. Oh man, dude. And uh, <laughs> you guys were, you guys were going to be my first uh, documentary series. And then that, yeah. And then COVID rolled in. Yeah. Well, I mean, to be honest though, like it's, I still don't think that it was like a bad move or anything like that. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying to necessarily like start it back up, (laughs) but I mean like, you know, we, we've since then climbed the ladder pretty, pretty substantially. I I tried to give you what I could. I tried salvaging that for like, it changed, like it had to change so many times versus what I wanted to do with it. Like it was going to be something super short. It was going to be like 20 minutes or something. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be like, like a quick little thing. And it was going to be, all right, I'm going to get some backstory, well, meet him up that. with the show. And then COVID rolled in, canceled all shows and yeah, made it really kind of like iffy about practices and well, you know, any so interaction. That, and that's actually, it's kind of funny that you mentioned about all shows getting canceled. There's something that kind of, I guess, I don't know if you call it an olive branch or what you call it, but that's a good segue into this. So uh, COVID is still affecting shows like i mean obviously but you know it's regional but yeah to this day because um there was a show that we tried to get on uh with bad omens and era coming up here but they they have no local acts like at all like their whole tour package is just like their bands and that's it and that's interesting because i've never seen that before but at the same time, they wouldn't do it unless it was working for them, you know? Is that because of COVID restrictions or is it because it's like easy? Or, I don't think it's, it's easier organizational wise to like, instead of having to like track down a band in each city that they're going to hope that they're like, I think it's, uh, there's a lot of logistics there, obviously, and a lot of variables. So I was like, is it easier for them to just skip out on that part and just stick with the acts that they're going with? Well, or? yeah. So what it, what it looks like on the surface, cause I, I don't have any, I don't have any actual true knowledge behind this, but what it looks like is just that, you know, a lot of bands that were signed and things of the like are recovering from being shut down from COVID. 
and a lot of people are stir crazy and wanting to see their bands right yeah. and probably yes logistically like that it's probably just ideal because you know what the set lists are you know what like what the right. set times are it's just you know everyday different place and you're i mean it's so much easier to just operate with the bands that you're already traveling with yeah at that point. you're not the, having to introduce anything else new like yeah because that creates a variable and sometimes those variables can be bad yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I, but what I think it is, is generally not only are they just successful without any local acts or local support, et cetera, but yeah, I do think that it's because they, you know, due to the way that the country had shut down with COVID that they're just like, no, we, we need to focus on us. This isn't the time to necessarily try and give any handouts or anything. We just need to do this run, get in, get out kind of thing. It It's, there's a lot of bands that kind of seem to be moving like that where, uh, local acts. I, I'm not saying that there's anything bad with having them, but it just seems like, I, I don't know. It seems like we're phasing out as weird as that sounds like, unless you're doing big things and, and you're actually pushing big numbers, something sizable, something profitable. They're sure. just like, you know, whatever and moving on without them. Is it like, are you, are you looking at it as more of like a negative to where like bands aren't like, cause you mentioned, uh, cause you mentioned that they, you didn't, they didn't want to be like giving out handouts or anything like that. Like they I didn't mean, like, they didn't want to big up any local acts or is it like, cause I have to play the devil with advocate. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Obviously if I was in a band and I was like vying for some of these spots, mm-hmm. if they were, if they were available yeah, uh, and I was trying to go for them and then finding out that they're turning them all down or, or that they've like well, given up on it completely because they don't. Because they're like, they don't want to like help out the local events. Like, I don't know if it's that. Oh, and I don't think it's anything particular like that. I think it just, again, is kind of like, you know, hey, we, they, like they almost can't be bothered with local bands, which, you know, again, I can, I could understand. It still sounds kind of like a negative. It though. does. It does. <laughs> like, it, still sounds, it still sounds you're like a little spiteful about it. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm spiteful about it whatsoever. Cause like, I, I understand, you know, as much from like sure. a business perspective, like I get it. But it's just, it's odd. Just before COVID, this wasn't something that existed. You know, it was always, Mm. you know, big name bands, some kind of local band, you know, that was more or less kind of the way that things just worked. But then after COVID, there was like one year or so where it was just like only big bands, you know, or if there was a local, it was kind of trickled in, you know, here and there. And I know that they've got to get back to getting, you know, getting to work and things of that nature. But Mm. yeah, it's. I, I, which again, I have no actual evidence to support any of this. So this is all just hearsay. So I could be absolutely dead wrong. Is it like a but regional thing, or are we seeing, or is it just across the country? There, it seems to be now. across the board, at least from what I've seen. Um, but at the same time, the, the other reason why I found it fascinating is because it's happening in the Midwest, and the Midwest, as far as like hard rock and metal goes, isn't necessarily the easiest place to just thrive. No, you know, like no, with, without not. a without a local, you know, you're usually you're usually at, at a, at a down. Well, that kind of like that jumps into the same thing that I've always been saying. And, mm-hmm. and you've heard me say this like 14 million fucking times at this point is that the internet is the main stage for any musical yeah. act nowadays. Yeah. Like to like, yeah, it's different. It's definitely difficult. Like regionally, mm-hmm. depending on the genre that you're at to play live and like draw an audience and stuff like that. But I mean, if you're in a situation where, you are uh, you're in the middle. Let's say you're in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. You don't have a huge following in your local area, but you're posting regularly online. Uh, you're interacting with fans online, much like you guys are doing now. Yeah, like the tale untold. I mean, you guys, like, as soon as you started <laughs> doing what I was telling you to do all the goddamn time, right. like just start posting stuff. It doesn't have to be like professionally done. It doesn't have to be like super high 
brow or anything like that. It was like you just post having fun and doing shit. And sure enough, the next like before we know it, you're fucking yeah head banging with Swiffers and shit. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, well, like crazy. if like if you could build a following like just showing that you're having fun doing this like your regionality goes away at that point like, yeah you really don't have to worry about it Which like is... your regionality kind of turns into I mean completely online based is like where are you actually drawing this crowd which I think before I think when we were chatting a while back you said that Indonesia was picking up a lot of yeah dude. well and that's what's kind of strange about it is like our following is Brazil and Indonesia are like our biggest followers. Well, I find like metal is really big outside of the U.S. in general. Yeah. Like, well, like, and, real, like, I mean, it's really big in the U.S., but it's really big outside of the well, U.S. Well, especially in, in places like Indonesia and Brazil. Because, um, like, Brazil, they're really big on, as strange as this would sound, the, the Phrygian scale. That particular scale, if you listen to, like, Brazilian, you know, riffing or metal, et cetera, that is, like, the one thing that's, like, guaranteed to pop off. Um, but, yeah, it's, for, yeah, for it's bizarre. It's like, oh. so bizarre. But yeah, I, I looked into like the Indonesian metal scene and I mean, like you can tell that they're fans of American metal, but they're actually crushing it out there. I, I mean, there's, it, there's acts out there that are doing some really cool shit too. Like yeah. You see, you see a, you see a, like an Asian or a, like Pacific Islander band, metal band blow yeah. up every now and then and they're normally fucking like sick. Yeah. But yeah, it's, I, I don't know, man, it, the whole music industry and just kind of the way the world has been spinning post COVID has been really bizarre specifically in pertaining to music. It's been really bizarre. Um, well, actually, I guess I don't even know if I can claim the world over in Europe. They seem to be thriving pretty well cause they actually shut down properly before. Cause I, I had friends that were over in like the Netherlands and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, I mean, a few months after COVID, you know, kind of became a global concern. They were, op- they were opening back up with zero cases, you know, they shut down properly. Yeah. Us over here in the meantime, we, you know, when, I mean, when it comes to COVID, it's always like a difficult conversation because like, I mean, like the United States is so damn big. Yeah. It's yeah. So 30 million people and how we handled it on top of that. And, but I mean, like, it's so big and such a, like, such a, like, I don't know. Like, obviously I don't know from the perspective of another country, but I don't know how many countries out there are as polarized when it comes to like yeah, political opinions. True. And basically, as soon as COVID became a political thing, it was over. Like, yeah, it was like it's this isn't gonna go well. Like, yeah, this, this is already gonna suck. I remember, I remember recording a video of like walking through a Walmart during like it was like moments before the shutdown happened, and just like it's people like, frantically yeah, like jogging, crazy and stuff. busy, aisles, yeah, aisles empty. And... Yeah, literally just barren shelves. I think I still have photos of it where it's just like blank shelves everywhere. I mean, that lasted for a while too. I mean, yeah, that was the that was the weirdest thing about it is. That, <laughs> It was to- like toilet paper. You know they stuck like that. that the, like that meme w- rolled around for so long, but you would go to these places. Like you, you'd think I was like, "This is ridiculous." There's no way people are hoarding toilet paper. Just like, Fucking people were hoarding toilet paper. It was so you weird. know that you know that in Fallout seventy six. I know that that game flopped, but you know Fallout seventy six. They added toilet paper as a resource in the game because it was it was post apocalyptic, and they're oh <laughs> like, you could use it for wood. Yeah, there were people making jokes about carrying bottle caps around just because of Fallout. Right. It was like, all right, I'm gonna start hoarding these things because this is gonna be our currency here now it was weird because it was like that i don't know and everybody ran around in pajamas that was like 
I'm um, for that. I, if, if I didn't, I, I mean, I'm wearing jeans all the time because like, I'm just that guy. But like, if I could feel comfortable just walking around wearing pajamas, I would have been in the front. That's what I've everybody like, did right, for COVID. I'm home now. They had like <laughs> post-apocalyptic attire was just pajamas. I don't know. Part of me wonders. It's not functional for post-apocalypse. <laughs> part of me wonders if like a hundred years from now, they're going to look back and they're going to be like, that's what they did. That was a terrible idea. Like they, pajama pants. They put on pajamas even... and then went and hoarded toilet paper. Like it's like the most Neanderthal sounding shit I've ever heard. <laughs> Dude, I mean, the fragility that was like showcased of, of like, honestly the entire world. Cause there were a bunch of places that had a bunch of like weirdness like that. Yeah. And, uh, be like, okay, so if it all goes to shit, you're all just fucked, right? Dude, the stuff <laughs> like, that they going on? the stuff that they showed happening in China was wild. I don't know if you saw some. Of yeah, those videos. the video like they were like nailing doors. Yeah, shut like welding them shut, and they stuff, had speakers and... out on the streets, just like literally screaming orders at people, just like don't go outside. If we catch you, you're going to jail. Like, yeah, yeah, that was wild. Pets. I mean, but like, at the same time, it's like when you got something that is threatening your populace. I mean, it's like, what do you do? Well, I mean, I I can't at all or at any point advocate for like the Chinese communist party. I mean, yeah, or anything that they did to handle it. Like I can't say that, uh, that they were, I don't want to hold them up as a beacon at any point in my right, life. Right. Right. Um, yeah. I, I mean, that was, there were, there were talks, a lot of, a lot of like professional people in that world were, were talking about how before the pandemic we're mm-hmm. talking about how the next time a pandemic rolls out, I don't think the, I don't think the world's really prepared for what they'll need to do. Yeah. And, uh, and then those people were trying to give the best advice they could. And then they were being told that they were like racist or bigots or something like that. Yeah. It was like, or talking about like vaccine safety and everybody was just like, Oh, okay, well you're a terrible person now. It's like, Oh, look, come on. There's like, there's nuance to everything. It's like, there's you're allowed to ask questions. See, and, and, but, okay. So I know that you said there's a lot of things that we both would consider controversial, but nothing's like off the table, but I'm going to, I'm going to dive into this. Cause I this did is, say that. This is something I don't know. I, if, I don't know if my woman, I don't know if I want my first episode to be like, all right, we're jumping into COVID and right. shit like that. We're <laughs> right. like, all right, this isn't getting anywhere now. Well, that's something like, so I don't know. So what I'll what I'll say topic wise is like the divide, not just a divide between like our country or anything like that, because I mean, Mm. it's really divide across globally. There's a divide. But uh, something that I find intriguing is, you know, COVID is kind of a prime example of that, where it was a moment where for the sake of humanity, we needed to band together. And instead, we still divided. Yeah. And it was we like... found some weird shit to divide about, too. Like yeah. That was the worst thing about it. It's just some of the stuff that people were choosing to, like, hate people for. And like, that's what I mean. Like, it's like... Like, you're hating people for not having the same outlook when everybody's just scared. Yeah. Because, I like, mean, it's like the COVID could just be the topic of this new divide. But it's like, as far as division goes, you know, there's, there seems to constantly be a topic that just furthers divides that further divides yeah, everybody and everything. Well, COVID was, COVID was unique around that because it hit the whole world. Yeah. And then it's like, it was really easy to have an opinion on something because like that, because absolutely everybody in the world was being affected by it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there are probably some, uh, I don't know. You've seen that life below zero show. Those people out in Alaska in the middle of nowhere. They probably, didn't oh, fuck yeah. about, they probably yeah. didn't give a fuck about COVID, but, and man, I'll tell you, cause I was binge watching that show during COVID. I was like, man, that would be nice. <laughs> right. Like, it'd be so sweet. Wishing we were rural uh, right now. Yeah. But yeah, it was like, it's, 
it's an it's always an interesting thing to see the the topic of the day that is dividing people. Yeah, and I was like, because there's a lot of them. Well, and my are, thing that is like, like revolving all the time, but like COVID was like a unique one because it was hitting absolutely everybody, and uh, it was nuanced enough to where like the opinion that like the range of opinions on how to handle it, how to protect from it, should you or should you not vaccinate, should you or should you not mask, like, like. Well, I mean, there was me... like, and, and the I think the big problem was is that like the world authorities that were trying to like call the shots about all that stuff were going back and forth in a lot of areas yeah. too. Like it was like, uh, well, you should mask. Uh, well, you don't really need to mask unless you're immune unless you're immune compromised. Uh, you shouldn't mask if you're like a youth or anything like that. I was like, oh, you, well, you shouldn't. You don't really need to vaccinate unless you're immunocompromised. They gave exceptions. It's like um, everybody should vaccinate. It's like, but children don't really need to vaccinate. They aren't really affected by it. Oh, children as young as like six or whatever. I don't know what the standard is now. Like, right. They went all over the place for so long. It's just like, okay, I don't really know what to listen to you guys on now. Yeah. So people just started um, picking. Yeah. Well, I mean, which, people were picking like right from the yeah, start. Yeah. I mean, true. But yeah, when you follow like the timeline. Like eventually you're just like, I don't know. If, I don't know what's fucking real anymore. I got vaccinated. Like when, Same. when the first round came out, I was like, cause I am immunocompromised. I have asthma. So I was like, okay, I mm-hmm. like, I don't want to know what an upper, like any upper respiratory infection will just blow me away. Yeah. Uh, the flu is like, like I'm, I'm lucky enough to where I survive each time, but every single time I even get like a mild cold or the flu, it lasts, it either lasts an incredibly long time or it just beats me into dust. Jeez. Um, and so I didn't even want to tango with it. It was just like, fuck it. I'm like, if they can give me a vaccine, like I, I, I had a little bit of regret after getting it because like you kept on hearing all these stories coming out about like, yeah, like post effects and stuff like that. So that was a little bit of a concern, but uh, and then it grew into a bigger and bigger concern. Um, and then we had a death in the family uh, that was attributed to COVID, but the the person in question who had passed away already had some very, very serious health concerns before. Oh, okay. So that was kind of just like um, the straw that broke the camel's back. Pretty so much. It was just... like, like they were kind of like, uh, is incredibly sad, um, but they were already kind of like in a situation where it, it wasn't going to take much to kind of push them over the edge, especially something that was like that. Health yeah. Problem. Um, and so in order to go to that funeral, we we're like, okay, well, should we get a booster? Like, cause I mean, right. we don't know who was exposed. Was like, so we, we ended up getting boosted and this was like quite a while after, mm-hmm. uh, the initial shot or well, the initial two parter, uh, and then, and we're like, like, so I dived right back into that rabbit hole to kind of look up on, everything and i was just like fuck i don't know what to do and we ended up going for it we ended up getting it just to i mean yeah, like you sorry that was the that was the saying like that you yeah. were hearing around everything it was like you should get it just to be safe and i was like well are we safer with it like are we safer because of it or like and it's tough are, to tell. are there so many variants now to where we can't really like tell it's like like I, I don't know, man. Like that was, and being in kind of like that weird limbo, you're like, I don't know what to do. And then seeing that if you even ask the question, people are immediately like, how are, how dare you? How dare you question this? Well, it's like, it's the I vaccine. Mean. This is how it should like, of course you need to be safe. Do you not care about other people? It's like, yeah, of course I care about other people, but like, I'm, I'm taking this thing too. Like, I don't, and there's like a, like this is a new thing. Like yeah. I'm, I'm scared. Like that was really what it was come down to. Like there was a fear around this. Yeah. And I don't want to like 
make a rash decision out of fear. Like it's the worst thing that you can do. Yeah. Well, and that's what I mean. As far as like, it's so easy. Cause I, I, I was trying to segue keep that, with, keep that mic close to your face there too. I was trying if to segue. If you need, if you need to sit comfortably, oh, pull, yeah, it, yeah. pull it back to you. Like it's, <laughs> like it's got around. a good range of motion. Okay. Yeah. All right. This probably sounds horrible. <laughs> right, now, <laughs> right. But it will move around with you. No, but so, uh, you, you started to dive back into that topic where, um, you know, like I said, COVID was such an easy divide. And now that, you know, unless you're in the medical field, um, which I technically do work in the medical field myself, you know, so I hear about it all the time and deal with it all the time. What the hell are you doing now? The last time I talked to you, you're like selling insurance or something. No, yeah, no, I, I work from home, but I manage uh, like nurses and nurse aides and stuff. I oh, manage okay. them. Are so I recruiting or? No, no, thank God. No, I literally just managed. <laughs> I just fuck recruiting. No, yeah, I that. just managed and that's it. And it's it's nice, but um, you know, I get a lot of like calls and stuff and they're just like, hey, I'm not gonna be in today because, you know, I've got COVID or I got exposed so to they it. They call you? Yeah. And okay. so I you know, so I end up, you know, reporting all that, documenting all of it, whatever, you know. Just do what I'm I'm tasked to do in regards to that. But it's funny because, you know, I I, I think about it, you know, because it's actively happening. Like I might get two or three calls that are COVID related a day every time I work. Right. And yet, yeah. you know, there's so other people probably such as yourself who like haven't heard of anybody having a COVID case and who knows how long. Well, I, I wonder how much, I wonder how much of that is people just not wanting to talk about it anymore. Yeah. Um, or because people they not don't, getting because they don't want to hear, they don't want to have people asking them a bunch of questions. Like, Oh, did you lose your sense of taste? What, it was like, right. what, how's this? It was like, what? Like, I don't know. It's kind of like when you have a broken leg. It's like you've got to, you you have to walk around with a cast on and fucking everybody and their mother is gonna ask yeah, you how like you broke what it. Happened. Yeah, it was like it was like after a while you're just like fuck I don't want to talk to you. Just leave me alone. <laughs> like but, I I I got chased down by a lion and I you know skipped over a rock and just broke come up it. with a new like, story. Every right, time. like just lie to everybody. <laughs> I mean, how are they gonna know? But no, it was it was, like, it was, it was in the new Bruce Willis movie. <laughs> it was interesting just because like now that COVID is no longer like this big topic, you know, cause like I, I scroll through social media. I hate it, but I love it at the same time. I scroll God, through that it. That isn't the truth. That <laughs> and is like, a true statement. I just keep seeing it, it's like, you know, the things that people can argue or fight about are the things that are getting blown up the most. Those are getting the most views. Those are getting pushed to the forefront of like your pages. Mm. And I remember that you ended controversy up. Controversy loves clicks. You ended up posting recently. Or clicks love controversy. Yeah. You posted recently a video that you did of a gal that was essentially like the, the embodiment of like propaganda. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was my friend, Jamie. She's awesome. I, I had I had an idea around just kind of like it was more of like a dig at like mainstream media. Yeah. Because I mean and this isn't was this wasn't like just a, like a covid commentary or anything like that. This was like the media in general. In general. Yeah. And uh yeah, that was more and more like I'm noticing that it's like I mean it was always kind of like the first to break news rather than like the first to have the facts. Yeah. Anything like that. I was like, cause as soon as we jumped into that 24 hour news cycle, it was just like, Oh, okay. We gotta, we gotta keep churning the content out, which is very similar to anybody posting on social media as like a content creator or something like that. It's kind of the same thing. Well, like, yeah. You have to be and consistent. And the more they do that, like the more opinion based stuff they had to bring in there. Yeah. Like, the, like because that was, that was hitting really well. And then, like, the more controversial stuff they started talking about, they were bringing in. And, well, yeah. And, and like, 
and that that works out really well for for like the media stream. Celebrity stuff goes over really well yeah. on on like mainstream media. Like anytime that they can talk about that, the Super Bowl, super big topic. They love talking about the Super. Oh like they God, love yeah. Super Bowl season because they can dominate the news cycle forever around every little thing, even if it's loosely tied to it. Yeah, it's like I don't know, and yeah. Well, and so so like I, I wanted to create the thing, and it's like. She's playing like the character of the media, yeah. Like, and what you they want you to pay attention to, and so she's sitting there jangling keys in your face, talking like while, like all of it's playing, like it doesn't matter. But as soon as like you tuned, like because your character is the one watching like the little TV screen in that video, yeah. Like, as soon as the TV changed to uh, an independent news source or a story that they didn't want you paying attention to, she got aggressive with it. She's like, no come back which it was genuinely difficult to sit there and focus on one thing in yeah. particular yeah like was, there was a very huge diverge between them which i thought was awesome that's why like dude when i saw that video i think i was awake for like five minutes i can't even make that up. like i just woke up it was my day off and i like, and I, <laughs> you know, like the first thing you look yeah, for is I my opened, content i, love I that. opened my phone and i think i saw a message from you and i was just like oh okay like so you know that's oh yeah you anything were the one you message you were the one me I send is, it early to. yeah anything that you message me is like automatic clickbait i'm like okay let's see what's going on here so <laughs> so i'm looking <laughs> at this in a good way i hope like, no oh. yeah in the best ways but so i'm sitting there and it's like i'm barely <laughs> awake and i'm just like like what so why is she getting mad at me like you know what i mean and i'm just like <laughs> Oh, yeah, but there's stuff that's going on with this TV, and there's, like, oh, okay. And I'm like, oh. Like, I just started to connect the dots, but I was so yeah. hazy that all I was saying was just <laughs> stupid things. Like, my girlfriend was awake, like, completely awake, and I'm just like, why is she mad at me? Oh, I get, oh, 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 wait, what's, oh. And she's like, you're not making sense, John. It's <laughs> like, I'm sorry. It just, it's a lot going on here. You know, she's trying to distract me with these keys like I'm some kind of toddler, and she's trying to keep me from seeing what's actually going on in the world right now. Like this is very deep and methodical. And she's like, Oh, okay. Well, how did you see that Seth? She's like, Oh, that makes sense. sense. But I liked it because it was so well-timed and so well-placed, at least in my opinion, because lately the, what seems to be the big topic is just like this whole guy versus girl thing, which like, we don't have to jump into it. I remember you saying, you're like, Hey, I don't know if we should delve into it. Well, I mean, it's just odd to me because it seems so trivial and, and kiddish well you've got so the, you've got so many topics that are like the exact are being handled the same way yeah it was like this topic themselves are serious and it was like yeah we absolutely should be talking about how you can't really trust the mainstream media to yeah. give you like the the straight up anymore we sh- should be talking about how like like global like the big food industries and stuff like that are especially in excuse me, especially in like America are mm-hmm. like filling, like putting sugar in fucking everything. Yeah. We should be talking about like a, a lot of these bigger topics, but in the meantime, they're instead push, they're pushing Kim Kardashian did this yeah. or, or, Oh God, Rihanna's playing in the Super Bowl. She's pregnant. She was on stage. She was in a super smash Bros arena. Oh yeah. <laughs> was so weird. Which was great. <laughs> Dude, I've had that. I've had the songs of that Super Bowl halftime show stuck in my head for like four days. And it's really starting to become a problem. Well, yeah. So like, it's like, like when you get that song stuck in your brain, like, but I've got like little bits and pieces of the show stuck in my head. It's driving me nuts. But like you get all those topics and uh, just the, the the way that they're being handled is, I think, the part that's bugging me the most. Like around like the transgender issue or or, mm-hmm. or gender ideology. 
Oh uh, yeah, there's a lot the of wild stuff that. I've been seeing lately with that. But it's crazy stuff. But like you've got people, it, it's so tribal. Yeah, it's like if like it and it is, it's just left or right. Like there's no nuance or anything like that. When it, yeah. at least when it comes to like the mainstream media, like if you go to independent media sources or you see people talking on YouTube, normally they know that it's not just that black and white. But that was kind of like the whole point of the videos. It's like it's super tribal. But anytime you're like watching something that isn't part of their, their mainstream or it's a story that's not part of their story, they're going to try and like wrangle your attention in as best well, yeah, they can. And, and it just seems like, uh, you know, it it seems like the tactics that they used in the beginning to kind of distract us from some of the bigger problems have been so effective that even people with with the knowledge or ability to kind of wake others up have themselves become like closed like their eyes have become closed for it. So there are a lot of influencers that I've I've begun seeing on the internet that again kind of keep dirt, talking such a dirty word these days too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it's but unfortunately it's accurate because they oh, yeah. it's it's kind of like the concept of like Oprah Winfrey. And for whatever reason if Oprah Winfrey just like I don't know told a bunch of women in America to like shoot their husbands or something bizarre like that. There there's probably a good number of them that would actually do it. That's the crazy part. Yeah, I mean. So obviously she wouldn't do anything like that. At least one would assume. I, I think there's a mar- that might be going a little far. A little extreme. It's a, it's a marginal part of her audience that would probably be there. But I feel like but, those are the people that have been kind of pushed to that edge already. Yeah, but that's my thing is that she, it, people so would still argue it's husband, her. You kill her husband. Yeah, you kill husband. but they would still argue it's, it's her. It. So <laughs> even though it's not a good thing, she could be labeled as an, in, she's an influencer. Yeah. People could say she influenced them to do that that just well, by... she told them straight up yeah, yeah like i don't so see that why... i don't see how you could make the argument against that so but... that's why influencer like, yes it's a dirty word but unfortunately it's... accurate when you it would never be that direct but it's good to use those extremities because it's the fact that there is a possibility it's the fact that a possibility exists that's the problem there shouldn't be but there are people that are so sheepish or or so privy to the influence of others that they, within good faith, would act on this person's words. I I think a lot of that comes down. I I agree with you to a point. Yeah, I, I, agree I mean, with obviously, you, I agree with you to a point. This is I know, like, I know so. that there are going to be people out there who are willing to like jump, like they're willing to jump on the latest trend, or they're willing to listen to somebody verbatim. Yeah, with whatever they say, and I think that because there's a lot of people who are craving like inclusivity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and because everything is so tribal, that, that that's why it works. Well, it's because so, there's a lot of like, especially in the age of the internet. Because, like, I'm I'm an old man. Like, right, I'm 33. I'm not. I mean, I'm not that old, but I'm an old guy. When you've it only comes got, to, you've only got four years on me, bro. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Well, then you would have gone through the same shit that I did. It's like I grew, I grew up in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. as a young kid. So like, even when the internet was like really starting to get big. Like I was on dial up internet still. Yeah. I was like, cause I was out in the boonies. Well, I mean, nowhere. So, so like, like I'm, I'm mixed. So I grew up in poverty, so I might not have been in the middle of nowhere, but you know, well, I was in poverty, was, but <laughs> so. I was in the middle of nowhere in poverty. <laughs> so, and yeah, when you're in the weird. middle of nowhere in poverty, it just seems normal. Cause everybody's in the same boat. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, this is just how it is. Like, um, <laughs> And then you see everybody on like TV is like make it kind of like furthers that fantasy. It's like when mm-hmm. you see a bunch of rich celebrities on TV, it's like, well, that's not even real. On boats and yachts like, and yeah, Lambos. Like, this and... is great. Like you're so far disconnected from that. Yeah. But like I grew up 
in a world before the internet really took over before social media really started getting big. Mm -hmm. Like, and so I got to see what the world was like before that I got raised by parents who were in like another generation up. Cause like they were, they were like, I was, I came pretty late in their marriage and oh, pretty okay. late in their lives. Like I was oh, like, my dad was 40 when he had me. Oh yeah. Wow. And so it was like, yeah, like that was, there was a little bit of a generational disconnect between like me and the other people around his age. Well, yeah. Cause by the time he like, would have been like 18, he would have been close to 60, you know, he'd have been, well, yeah. Like so. he's, he's 73. Yeah. Now. Wow. Or he's, I think he's uh 70, he's gonna be 74 in April. Wow. Um, but like you think about the people around his generation. Yeah. It was like, so when he had me at 40, he probably had peers of his that already had kids that were in their like late teens. Yeah, exactly. Maybe, like, cause I mean, he came from that generation. It's like, as soon as you get out of school, uh, you need to find a husband or a wife. You want to have kids. You want to proliferate. You want to yeah. start the family and get it all up and going. And so they were like pretty far behind the curve there. And so I grew up with a, uh, it's like, I grew up with the generation, like, younger than me yeah like, because that's all interesting because like, you're you're a millennial but you would almost be like whatever i don't know the one before that, i was raised by before. the generation before boomers yeah wow <laughs> like, yeah that's so interesting like, and uh so yeah it was it was it was an interesting outlook and i don't regret any of it like i think yeah of course i not. think it was cool um kind of grow so like i i grew up on the homestead mm -hmm. you know it was like, yeah we like i would cut wood during the summer and like we had a wood stove that was what our our thing was the winter we were out in the we are in the middle of nowhere. Wow. Like we had the pioneering shit. We had dial up internet that was on all the time as soon as it was able to get up and going. But, <laughs> but um, but yeah, like I got, so I didn't have my first, I didn't have my first cell phone or my, like I didn't have my first smartphone until the first smartphone. Oh, dang. It was like, so, and you now I've got kids uh, running around the neighborhood and I see them on there. Like I don't have kids. Um, there are kids running around the neighborhood that I'm on here and they're like less than 10 years old and they're already carrying phones around. Yeah. And I'm well, just like, Fuck. I mean, but like, arguably speaking, it's just because, you know, things are so wild these days. It's, it's important for yeah. them to have that line of communication. Yeah. But I always wanted to believe that the tribalism that we experience now didn't exist at that point in time. Yeah. Like there was always a little bit of nuance there, mainly because people were interacting in person a lot more frequently. Yeah. Like, not like just it wasn't, through it wasn't, the internet. yeah, it wasn't through a lens. It wasn't through a screen. Yeah. And, uh, and I mean, I remember as a kid, like there were like, my parents had friends over all the time. Mm -hmm. like, it was frequent. Like, like we weren't setting up play dates. It was just like, Hey, you want to come over? And yeah, sure. Come on by. And it was like, we were big Broncos fans. And so there's always people over during the Broncos games and stuff like that, which my, obviously my probably still big Broncos fans. Like, so. I'm sure yeah. a lot of this stuff still exists for a lot of people, but it's certainly not as prevalent as it no, used to be. No, no. And, and so like those opinions, like those ideas from people growing up, like in different, coming from different backgrounds and all that stuff, like you're commingling a lot more. Yeah. And so I think there was a little bit more room for disagreement back at that point in time because you were used to it. Yeah. Like you, you, you ran into people who are like, oh, I don't know if I agree with that, like a lot more frequently, but yeah. you had interacted with them so much. It was a lot more friendly discourse too. Now, if you disagree with somebody on anything, especially on the internet or anything like that, like fucking blow up on you. Yeah. I was like, all right, you're all right, you're blocked. Metaphorically and or possibly literally, depending on how many masses follow behind whatever you said or didn't say. Yeah. And that's what's that's what's so fascinating. So like, um, obviously you're you're on like my Facebook and stuff like that, which I have it open to the public, but I have it locked down for certain friends. Well, yeah, you're not and accepting absolutely every single person. Yeah, but you also see the stuff that I post, and I don't 
post really anything that's constructive to anything. <laughs> in the, it's like at all. I'm useless. And the, and the reason, I'm the exact same boat. Like I'm yeah. only ever posting photos and it doesn't mean shit after that. And the reason why is just because yes, I have opinions. I have perspectives. You know, I have a lot of, a lot of ideas that I think are important or could be necessary used, etc. But beyond those points, I, I, I don't feel as though, even if I think I can, can communicate it effectively, I don't know if it'll be received effectively. Maybe so I stay silent. As ridiculous as that might sound, because it's just there's so many people that it's it's their way or the highway that I'm not going to put efforts into trying to open someone's eyes or get them to just even just see a different perspective. If, you know, I, I can't remember how the phrase went, but it was like, I stop explaining myself when I realize that someone only views things from their perspective. You know, like there's nothing left to necessarily be. I mean, you can, but what what is the point in wasting breath on someone that will not accept or entertain a different perspective? And there's so much of society, at least from my point of view, that seems to to walk around with these beliefs of theirs like it's it's fact, like it's science. Yeah, you got a lot more people married to their ideas than, than you yeah. used to. And so I and just... I, I, I can't say that I have an idea or an ideal or a belief that I think is not subject to change. Yeah, um, I think a lot of people are the exact same way. But when you're entrenched in them deep enough, it can be hard to break them out. Like, I don't want to say that, like, it's going to be a waste of time to try and change somebody's mind. I don't know if that I can't really jump on board with that. I see where you're mm -hmm. coming from. But to just be like, OK, well, I don't feel like I'm going to waste. I'm not going to waste my time trying to explain this thing to this person. I was like, well, you should probably at least try because it depends those... on the topic heavily. And uh, but that's fair. why I that's why I don't say much, because I'm just like fair point. Like, like. And, and I'm not saying that you need to jump on board with that, but like mm -hmm. if everybody had that mentality, you're going to get even more and more tribal because people's ideas aren't going to get challenged. Well, yeah. And, like, and that's kind of my thing is like, you know, obviously between us, like if you were to throw some kind of idea at me or even vice versa, because I throw ideas at you all the time and you're like, mm -hmm. yeah, John, I don't really know if you're thinking that all the way through, you know, and I always appreciate that because, again, I'm, I'm a fan of, of Ender's Game. You know, it's like, I don't want to be, I don't want to be the one doing all okay. the thinking. I don't, I don't, I can't be expected to do all the thinking. So I'm open to other perspectives and opinions because that can further enlighten me or et cetera. Right. But at the same time, I, you know, through experience and through not experience, but just through others' experiences, it doesn't seem as though it's necessarily that easy as just explaining a perspective or a point of view, because again, that that whole topic's incumbent upon a person actually being willing to listen. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's, uh, I mean, and you're not going to be able to help that. Like if that yeah. person isn't going to listen to you, then obviously, yeah, that, that, that discussion isn't really going to get. And so anywhere. with, with having, you know, like my band and our popularities and our successes and things the like, we're starting to run more into general population, but we're also crossing borders. We're running into um, different cultures. And so it's so I've begun shaping my own public image to just it's not that I'm necessarily neutral, but my public image, I've essentially taken it back and it's non-existent. You know what I mean? Because at that point, there isn't anything that I can say and or do that would either negatively impact or affect a culture or or sway anyone's perspectives, positive or negative against me or the people I'm affiliated with. Which is why I don't post anything controversial. I just I might post some music. I might talk about 
hey, I'm sick. That's a, I mean, that's but, a little bit different because you, like, as a public figure, you're trying to put out there. Like, I mean, I think, like, that's basically an argument against whether or not you want uh, privacy yeah. in your life. And it's like, makes sense, yeah. Like, because, yeah. like, the, the big thing there is just like, well, I mean, obviously my opinions are getting out there as a part of my public image because yeah. I'm using photography or video to kind of, like, express like some yeah, of those opinions. Perspectives it's and... like, so some of that stuff is going to get out either way. Mm-hmm. I like to say that I'm leaving it slightly open enough, open enough to where it's there's left to interpretation. Yeah. Somebody can come up with their own. Like there's, there's art pieces on this wall that I could have, that I have a specific idea around why, why I made it, yeah. what I wanted it to say, but like somebody else could see it and think completely differently, especially this image here, which is of your wife actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, uh, yeah, I mean, somebody could see that and be like, okay, it's a, a, a muscular dude's hand over a woman says art <laughs> is dead over it. And it's like, are, is, is he suffocating art? And it's like, well, in that perspective, yeah. But, like, in reality, like, I have a completely different, like, idea for why I was coming up with it. It was more of a warning and not, like, a like a commentary. Yeah. Like, well, and that's that still also ties into what I was saying. Whereas someone can sit there and see something and be like, this is fact. This is what this person meant. The same thing is hap- happening. You with get words. that with like stand-up comedians. Yeah, are like a lot. Like, you know, I was just, they were just trying to make us laugh, and a lot of people are taking that as what their opinions are. Which I mean, they are doing more frequently. Yeah, I mean, they are making jokes from truth. But, um, I mean, like, if you were following me on social media, there is almost no part of my personal life yeah, uh, available to available to find out on that. It's like I I don't share aspects of my personal life on there. Like I mean, this podcast is going to be like the closest scope into my personal life that anybody could get without meeting me in person. Okay, yeah, like that's awesome. My and so that's kind of like the same way that I think you would probably be best off shaping, which I think is what you're already doing too. Yeah, shaping your music career online is just like well, this is my personality. This is who I am as a person. This is my art. This is my creativity. This is what I do. Yeah. And having those separate is absolutely essential. Yeah. Like like there's no question about it. Like I think social media has its positives Mm -hmm. uh, without question. I mean, there are people who need that level of social communication Uh, maybe they're in the middle of nowhere and they don't get the chance to interact with other people that share their ideas or share their opinions. Like Jeremy Schaefer. (laughs) Our producer out in the middle of nowhere, South Dakota. (laughs) I was just like, am I supposed to know who this is? Oh, right. Okay. Okay. Two and a half hours away just in his, in his house that, you know, right. Yeah. Himself. Like town of like 800 people or something. I didn't bring here to throw shade at people. No, 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 no. It's (laughs) just awesome because, you know, he has like, I don't know. He's probably got over a hundred thousand something followers and you wouldn't think that this dude's just out in the middle of nowhere by himself. Uh, I mean, that's kind of, that's, that goes right back to what I was saying. It was like, I mean, I don't see him posting a bunch of stuff about his personal life, but I see him posting a shitload of content around earth groans. Yeah. A lot of his like vocal covers because he's an insane vocalist. Yeah. Yeah. He's crazy good. And yeah, I mean, that's what he wants people to draw. That's what he wants to draw attention with. And yeah. so that's what his primary focus is on. There are certainly people out there who do want to bring attention based off of solely like their ideals, the stuff that they want to go to. Like, which ironically, 
I, I understand the irony in saying that where I'm like, I don't want any of my personal life out there. And then I'm <laughs> sitting here talking to you, putting it out to the fucking world. But um, that's, it's still kind of a separate thing. Yeah. It's like, if you, if you follow my page because you want to see my photography, you want to see like the random content videos that I do that are still like the artsy stuff. Great. Mm-hmm. You can follow that. Um, but you're not going to see my podcast if you don't want to. Yeah. It's like, I mean, I'll throw clips on there occasionally, but like, if you don't want to listen to that, you don't have to, it's like a separate medium. Like you're not going to be jumping up on your political podium, running for president on the page where it was like, okay, a post ago, you were literally just showcasing me a new single from your band. Right. <laughs> right. On here. Like that's a little bit different. And I made I it like, a point to, again, to have that divide because I just, you know, whereas I, I do feel strongly about a lot of things and I do think that I'm an effective communicator and things like that. But it's again, you can be a good communicator, but if someone, you know, is if they don't listen or understand or, you know what I mean? Like it's it's a two way street. Communication is a two way street. I know that's a very obvious thing, but if I were to tell you an idea and just like your art interpretation were to have your own perception of it and then i tried to reiterate it but at this point you're so solid in your beliefs that whatever i say there's no changing it whatsoever then i am the monster you know what i mean and there's a lot well, of- yeah if you're trying if you're trying to change somebody's mind about like an internal feeling that something that's that subjective they're passionate uh, yeah, about or that's one thing. and so even if it's not even changing their mind but just to like you know provide an alternative perspective or when it's something that's subjective and open to interpretation mm-hmm. like yeah like there, there's not really gonna be an effective level of time spent trying to like swap swap yeah. their outlook on that I think I, I can agree with you there um, there's no point in trying to like change somebody's mind about something that's subjective but when it comes to something that is objective fact yeah like even if they are super married to their ideas, yeah, uh, you you can't just let them run rampant with that. And I was like, that's why the flat earthers thing drove me so fucking crazy. Oh, it's just like, like you had yeah. pe- you had people out there, it's like, like you had people who were putting out videos about how the Earth was flat, or that dinosaurs never existed. Uh, some of this shit because they've never been to a museum, I guess. <laughs> well, well, they like, probably went, but they didn't believe any of it. Thought it was all fake and it was all conspiracy and shit like that. Like those people were then blocking comments from people who are like presenting dissenting ideas mm-hmm. or trying to show them like factual shit mm-hmm. or any t- any any single bit of criticism that was coming their way. They'd be like, okay, well, I'm blocking that out. Uh, fake news, whatever. That's lies. You're a shill. Yeah, like, you you you've been paid by. Big, earth, big round earth, or whatever the fuck right? It was. <laughs> like, like I mean, when it comes to stuff like that, like they need to be challenged. Those ideas need to be challenged. Hmm. When, it, especially when it comes to something that's like drastic to the future of the world, and I would say that flat Earth theory being shut down is drastic to the future of the Earth because if you have a large enough population running away with that bullshit idea, yeah, like yeah, that's going to become a problem like quick because now we have abandoned basic fact being there and like even especially because like the experiments that they're running like that are supposed to prove that the earth is flat and almost oh like the most recent one that i saw is that they had a camera like facing through like a uh it was like a big board and it had a hole in it and then they had another person like a certain distance away with another board and another and uh a light and they were and it and hmm. that board had a light had a hole in it too and supposedly he was or uh, no he didn't have a board on his side Supposedly, if the person 
with the camera and the board with the hole was here. And the person with the light was here where they would hold it at a certain distance and it would show and like it would be able to be seen through that uh, through that focal point. Yeah. Um, if the earth was flat, it would be at that height. And then if the earth was round, that that curvature would cause them to where they would have to hold it like a certain bit higher before that light would be visible. This already is and not then, making sense. I mean, I understand, but well, it's already scientifically like it did make sense because it's, it's it was about line of sight. They would have had to obviously ensure that their altitude is identical on each sides. So I would hope I would hope that they well, were in no, some kind that, of environment. I, I yeah, I don't know about the finer details of it, but they were basically like, okay, if the Earth is flat, it's going to we're going to see the light when he's holding it at this height. Yeah. And so he's communicating with this guy on there. He's like, all right, do you Which have I the get. light on? He's looking at the camera's fucking no light. It's like dead black. I <laughs> like, can't see anything. And then he's like, okay, can you can you go ahead and hold it at the at the the round Earth height and sure enough the light shows right the fuck up on there he's like huh that's interesting I'm like <laughs> what that the earth is round we all fucking knew this already dude <laughs> right. like but like that wasn't enough to convince him Jeez. Well, it was like you had, you had a bunch of people who were in there it was like oh the experiment's flawed or like a bunch of just like grasping well, yeah, so grasping like, onto that as much as they possibly can but you can't just because they're still locked into that doesn't mean that you can stop trying to convince them that's that they're wrong. Like so I guess, when it, when it is objective fact, when it's like clear as day that this is the way things are here and you're trying to, and this person is trying to argue against it. It's like, it's not going to serve them well at all to just let them run rampant with that because like eventually they're going to run into a situation where like them having a good grip on reality is going to be important for their future. Yeah. And when everybody around, when they only surrounded themselves with people who were agreeing with them, and then they decide that they want to be a geo- uh, geography teacher. And yeah. Like, eh, well, you fucking, you're wrong. Well, so this, so this is a really, this is kind of an exciting question that I just kind of thought of. I, I something I realized is that the way that we use our social platforms in in many ways are astronomically different, because I don't use mine to to again provide anything that matters to anyone. You know what I mean? Like I'm not trying to, well, your music to, matters to people music. Sure. But like. what I mean is I'm not like, Hey, you should like treat people better or you know what I mean? You should recycle. Like there's not any kind of like, um, Hey, this is going to necessarily better the populace or the masses. Whereas you, on the other hand, use your media to try and bring important topics to the forefront. Like, Hey, look at this, you know, sure. like different things that I, I guess in many ways you could say that I, I use my media like the blue pill. And you use your media like the red pill. That's see, what it almost see, feels already, like. You already lost me there. Like, fucking, what the you, Matrix. You know, he was yeah. like red pill or blue pill. The blue pill, he just goes back to his normal life. He just mundane exists. But the red pill woke him up, you know, showed him the world that he was actually living in. I mean, so it's from my perspective. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, I like, again, I don't want to say that I'm 100% right about the stuff that I'm jumping on. Like a lot yeah. of it's just like observations. Um, so, but I you, mean, the shot, the shot of you. Where mm-hmm. it was like about the oceans rising, we are we are responsible for that as far as climate change goes. Right now, that's mm-hmm. what the science is saying. It's like right now, the science is saying that climate change is happening and that mankind's actions by mankind are uh, a major contributor. Yeah, for uh, sure. As we learn more about stuff like that, maybe that isn't the case, and maybe then I'm wrong. Um, but like that was my observation of it at the time. Like, yeah, that's kind of an important so, thing. Like, I'm not, I didn't post any of those things hoping that it was going to get a conversation going 
or that somebody was going to see that photo and be like, Oh, okay, well I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to change now. I'm going to, I'm going to try and go green or which wouldn't help anyway, unless it's the fucking like CEO of BP. Right. Like, All right. We're going <laughs> to fix the shit. But, um, yeah, like I, if somebody's mind got changed by something that I posted, mm-hmm. I, I want to think that's a good thing, but mainly because I think that they would be agreeing with my perspective. Is my is my perspective like the right one though? Like on some things, I I I think so. Yeah, like I think so, but like I can't say definitively that I'm in the right in that regard. So it's leading to my question: where if you had, if you were labeled an influencer, and I mean like a great one, like something weird, like hundred million, you know, something odd, a great hundred millions up there. That's fucking yeah. So like like an abnormally great influencer. Because I know what I would do if I had that kind of power, so to speak, and it would be blue pill all day. And that's the weird part is I'm curious. Like, So by blue you, pill, by blue pill, you're trying to like, if I had you're not trying to interrupt people's perspective on anything at all, you're trying anything, to like, you're just providing not, entertainment I'm, at that point, yep, basically. Just, just throwing out, I okay. mean, shit, that's not going to matter. Like when I croak, nobody's going to think about this post. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. like, all right. I got so you. I'm curious, got like... As you, that's why, like, I'm labeling you at this point as a red pill person. With that, I'm actually a red pill person too, but not on not on the surface. <laughs> but would you? It's like another label. It's like another tribal thing. Right yeah, there. yeah, You're yeah. Out there, right, though. But so. you know, thankfully, it's just two things. It's one or the other. You know, as a well, person, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's like, what a lot of it is. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that's what I'm lead, arguing against right now. To lean like, into that. To lean into that. What? How would you use your platform? You know, hundred million followers. Would you use it again in the way that you've done before where you might just throw out art and leave it to interpretation? Or would you then find it to, to that? Would you find a, a different level with, you know, great power comes great responsibility? Would you? Well, I mean, so in order to answer that question, I would have to know, like, where that influence came from. It's like where that following happens. You like, just, does that, you just get it. Did that following show up because of a photo that I posted? Like, like my photography. Yeah. So you and keep people doing... are like, people are like locked into like the weird art that I do. And then like the occasional like sexy poster. It's just as simple as like that. that. You, you keep like doing my, what you're my doing. Content as it exists now. Yep. Just blows up overnight somehow, you know, and, and I don't know, let's say maybe you fester on it for a month. The following still stands. You know, 100 million mm-hmm. followers from the content that you make to this day, you know, because the same as mine, the content I make to this day, if we hit 100 million followers or something, I don't think anybody's going to be like, you know, John inspired me to recycle more. You know, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's not going to happen. People might be like, yeah, John inspired me to, like, not pick up a music book and just learn from the Internet, something like that. But well, I'll tell you now that I hope that I don't influence uh dudes to start picking up cameras and trying to get chicks to like get naked (laughs) for them on camera or anything like that fucking i really hope that isn't what it was (laughs) because dude i'm so sick of getting questions about that shit left Uh, interpretation i mean well no i mean the question that i get all the time is is it's always like the most crude shit that you can think of like, Oh, what's it like you to see these chicks naked all the time. It's like, dude, it's kind of like, work. it's kind of like work at this point. That's not surprising, I guess. Cause like we get a lot of weird stuff said to us about Elise. Well, the question, you know, the question, like, the question normally comes in the form of it was like, wow, why, how does your wife let you do that? And I was like, dude, it's kind of like work. <laughs> like, well, yeah. Like, it's like, there's nothing sexual about it while it's happening. Like, it, I mean, like they're here to take a photo. It's mm-hmm. like, they come here, they chill for a little bit. 
was like they take their clothes off about a quarter of a second before the photo actually needs to be taken. Mm-hmm. We get the photos and then fucking dress back we, up. We, we dress back up and just kind of like hang out. Well, yeah, it's professionalism. But, you know, it's and they came here knowing that that was what it was going to be too. Like I'm not sitting here trying to convince them. I'm like, oh, should you? Can you? strip down or anything like that like they seem like the when i get that question they seem to think that i've got some sort of weird power and it's just like what, yeah. have, you never, what have you never seen fun fucking somebody naked before like is it that weird oh, it's like so... like because when i get that question i meet like the person is immediately sexualizing the situation yeah you know? exactly um and so that's not the that's not the influence that i would want to put down like i wouldn't yeah. want to like i would be cool if i was inspiring more people to get into photography that'd be great it was like because i think like having some sort of a creative outlet uh, to express yourself is essential to yeah. me. Like, and again, that's just my opinion. Like, and it doesn't have to come from photography. Uh, it doesn't have to come from music and come from all sorts of shit. Um, but I think you have to have something to kind of like be able to express that, uh, express any of those feelings, which is what I'm doing. Like, yeah. like, I'm not like, I'm not a great vocalist. And so or I'm not a great lyricist. I've had people tell me I can sing, but like, I can't like write a poem out and express an idea or an opinion that I have. Yeah. Like, sense. And so I can't put that down to a song. It's like, I'm, I'm not a great uh, public speaker yeah. in a way to where I could get up on stage and try and like talk to someone. Like I wouldn't be able to do a Ted talk. I was like, yeah. at least not right now. I don't like, again, like everything changes. Um, I, when I have an idea, like obviously not all of this, not all of my photography, not all of my catalog is about some sort of like idea or something like that, but there's always like some sort of like creative expression there. Yeah. This this would look really cool. This idea came into my head. Here we go. Like I've got favorites that obviously do, but yeah, as far as like, if I had like a big following, I don't know. Like, cause like, I'm not looking at it from that perspective. Like I'm Mm -hmm. not looking at it like, like a red pill thing. Yeah. Like that's not, that's not how it dings in my head. It's like, it's like, I just kind of like, I have an idea and it's like, this could, this could look cool. And that's so and interesting. I, and then to I, me, Cause like, yeah, make it. You're, you're again with your, your art form, it is left to interpretation and I love it. But again, the topics in my mind, in my perception seem so bold, at least quite a few of them, you know, because I mean, some of them, if sure. you were to just, if you're to just label the topic, like what is this about? What is that about? What is this about? those things in themselves would be like immediate controversial, you know, could procure a lot of opinions. I mean, maybe not in a bad way though, but you know, it could, it could be a conversation starter. See, I don't think it's that controversial. Like that's kind of the thing. Like I'm just, I'm desensitized to the ideas that I have because they're already in my head. (laughs) Yeah. And that's what I'm starting to realize. Like I I understand, I understand that like the political stuff that I've posted, that can, that can be a little inflammatory for some people, depending on where they're at. I was like, I mean, I, I had a shot where I had a shot where I covered an, an American flag in blood and mm-hmm. then I hung it from the arms of, of a friend of mine. I do remember seeing that one. And uh, and it was uh, and he was an African-American. And it was mm-hmm. like the, the category where there was that it was like, OK, this is America's foundation. His like this is what's holding up the flag. And and I, I didn't really have anybody like freak out about it, like. Like, hmm. because I, and I didn't expect anybody to either. Like, it, like I posted this thing. Um, normally when you see something blowing up in the news about somebody th- defacing the American flag, people are losing their damn minds about yeah. it and like jumping on. That's f- why it's interesting. That quoting nobody... American flag codes. And all right. That shit. And be like, Oh, you got to respect all that. My brother's fighting in Iraq. Like, like all that random shit is like, yeah. 
I, I got none of that. And I wasn't oh. trying to invoke any of that either. Like yeah. that, that wasn't where it was. This is just like, this was an idea of my perception of, of, of that concept. And this is how I'm going to try and illustrate it. It's interesting. Cause whereas like, cause again, this is what I mean as far as perspective goes, I called you a red pillar, but in, in your, from your perspective, in many ways you could label it as a blue pillar. Cause you know, this is your, I'm not trying to like show anything that yeah. people haven't, that people don't already know. This is, like, this is not controversial in your mind, so to speak, you know, you could see, like you said, how it could be, but Whereas the same as like my music, we're just putting out music. You're just putting out your art as well. I think I think anything could be controversial depending on the person. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I mean, this, this shot, this shot of some like this was just a cool slow motion shot of a girl's face coming out of the wire. Oh yeah, like somebody yeah. could. Somebody could tie some. I was like, okay, you're so you're pro drowning. Like, no. <laughs> pro drowning. No, I mean, I guess technically we got kind of close. You know, dunk her like 14 times, but but uh, yeah, I, I mean, somebody I'm very anti drowning. I'm I, just gonna let you. Me know too, that. personally. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty against it. Um, yeah, I. But to me, it was like it's not really that. It's like most of my stuff isn't really that controversial. It's just like, like I mean, any even my like anti political stuff. Like, I, yeah. like I, I do I. I don't consider myself a leftist. I don't consider myself a conservative, liberal, nothing like none of that. Like, I don't really feel like I fit into any of those crowds. Um, it's a lot of neutral ground. It's very interesting. Well, and so when I'm when I'm like posting something on like the political system, like it's it's taking a dig at both ends. Like I don't think any one of them is better than the other. But there there are people who would find that statement alone horrible. Yeah, and it's like how could you side. how could you not find conservatives ridiculous? How could you not find liberals trying to destroy the country? It's just like I fucking. I got I got I, hazed by so I lived with Jack for a while. I got hazed by his family because <laughs> because they it was it was at the it was during the Hillary Trump uh, election like where it was okay. between those two and they were all like we're voting for Hillary and. Uh, they're like Jack and John. You guys are voting for Hillary too, right? And me and him were like, we're not gonna vote at all. And they're like, what? Well, uh, if you don't vote for Hillary, then that's a vote for Trump. And we we're like, yeah, they fucking hated. Yeah, that we're, too. we were God, just like, ah, uh, statement. We we're like, well, first off, we're like, it's it's the electoral college that decides everything. And in theory, if all states voted for Hillary, if she won the majority, if he wins the electoral, he still gets to be president. They're like, which so, is exactly what happened. Yeah, and we but. said this before it happened, and so we were like, so we're just gonna sit this one out because a lot of us just feel like we're choosing between the same devil. So with, that's what we said, and they called us stupid for it and a whole bunch of other things, and just didn't. I mean, to me, like, unless you like voted for somebody who's like working in the blue collar. Like you're just you're just voting for another trust fund kid or something like well, that. Well, so we some, just some rich person. Like, we I, sat like, out of it. I don't see I don't see them like jumping on board for any of like the issues that are affecting me directly. It's like, which I don't even think I counted as malicious. Like that's yeah. that's the other thing too. Is like I don't think Don like when Donald Trump was jumping in there saying that he was fighting for the people. Was, like, yeah, his friends. The yeah, pe the people that he knew. But Dave like, from made his, a reference from his to that. perspective. <laughs> he made a reference like, to that. I don't I don't agree with a lot I don't fucking agree with a lot of things the government tries to do but um I how much of it is like intentionally malicious I find that kind of hard to believe mm -hmm. like like it's kind of like 
like a like a Marvel movie where you sort of identify with like the, what the villain wants to do, but their mm-hmm. methods are like yeah. fucked. Yeah, and it's just like like I, I can't think of a, a great example right off the top of my head right now, but probably Killmonger because he he was very pro. he was super angry about racial inequality and mm-hmm. like the oppression of his people, and yeah. so his immediate like thought was like, okay, well we're gonna take it back by force. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, you had T'Challa was just like, no, we, like we need to like create outreach and we need to like, work yeah, together there's on a better also. diplomatic way of doing this. Like, yeah, it's just it was, like, nah, that, that's an example. Yeah. Like I can't, but I can't attribute something that anybody's trying to do to like them being like outright evil. Yeah. Unless it is like obviously outright evil. There's, yeah. There's certainly like, actions like, in the world where it's, but like, like most, Coney level stuff, Joseph Coney level stuff where it's just like dudes just recruiting child soldiers and just yeah. being a, <laughs> yeah. Putting people down. I, I don't know. It's just kind of, kind of hard for me to hear. Let me I gotta stop this camera and oh. kick it again. I already missed it once. <laughs> That's I was like, unfortunately, that was the camera that was on you too. So I hope that I was talking in that gap where I forgot to fucking restart it. But it happens. Um, yeah, like I don't know. I I don't really think I don't think my stuff's really that controversial. I, I understand well, that it. Cool. I understand that it's controversial to a lot of people, but it's not to me. And so, like, I don't really. I'm not really that worried about it. And I, I like that. I think that's great because, again, we're. I'm a person who. You know, and I'll use this word. I'm afraid of of saying the wrong thing where even though I don't think I would, you know, even though, again, I pride myself in what I think is an effective communicator, it doesn't matter. I could say hi to somebody and they could interpret as me trying to sexually harass them. Yeah. You know, and it's things. Yeah. It's things like that that exist so much to the point where I guess you could say I that's why I don't post anything that I think could be left to interpretation. And that's something that I admire about your work is you're giving that option. And you're like, hey, this is – I'm well, going to post my art and – Sure, but again, I don't think I'm posting anything that's open enough to interpretation where they can attribute some sort of like evil narrative to it or something. Like, Yeah. Well, like, I mean – like I mean if they, could, if they could run away with it and be like, oh my god, he took this photo of this girl with roses over her eyes. He must like to fuck kids. Like – like, <laughs> good god like i don't think like i don't think anybody can take it away from i don't think anybody can go that far with the stuff that i yeah that so it's like, so yeah interpretation but within a certain margin yeah you know? i mean so i mean i do have a couple of photos that from the right perspective are offensive mm-hmm. like 100 percent. but at the same time like it's i, I didn't carry with it like and like this is how you need to believe yeah it was more like this was what this person's perspective so i had a i had a specific photo around a a, a buddy who uh like we we burned a bible in front of him mm-hmm. oh like, i do I, remember like, that one. i set a bible on fire put it in front of him and uh we had like a construction site in the background Yep. And it was just so like, there's like a chain link fence and the angle that you shot it from was like ground up. It was very edgy looking. I don't know. Cool. If, uh, I can't remember if there was a chain link fence in there. I've got it hanging on the, I've got it in the wall. I think I know what here. you're talking about. I'm pretty sure. Um, I... Like personally that from that person's perspective as a member of the LGBTQ community, mm-hmm. uh, he was ousted from his family mm-hmm. s- specifically because of who he Religion. was mm-hmm. and, and religion was their basis on that. And so for like for him, that 
photo meant a lot. And so I was like, this is me like looking away from it. And then there's something new being built in the background. This is, this is kind of how we get away from it. There are people I know who at the thought of knowing that I burned a Bible yeah. would be sacrilegious would and immediately would be horrible be an to them. Yeah. Um, but it was also like an expression of the first amendment. It was like, if you're okay, it was like, if that same person was okay with a Quran being burned because it wasn't their religion, but not okay with the Bible being burned. I was like, okay, so so where do you draw the line on the First Amendment? Where right. do you draw the line on freedom of expression? Like, that's kind of like a slippery slope. If you're willing to ban certain things mm-hmm. that fall, like it, it falls in the same thing under the flag. Like, yeah, I I don't think that like I I think you should be allowed to burn the American flag. I don't, I don't think anybody can arrest you. I don't think anybody can stop you from doing something like that. You can have, you can certainly be outraged about it. Yeah. Um, but doing it, the act of doing it, like as a form, especially as a form of protest, is like there's, like you should be allowed to do that. Like, and I don't think that like banning that is going to get you effective because like if you if you start banning certain aspects of freedom of expression or free speech, like you're you're gonna run like. Like as soon as that door is open, like I'm worried about what the government will run away with on doing something. Yeah, exactly. And so it's if, like I, if I had, thing. if I had a large audience and I had the ability to like influence minds, it would be just like keep keep your freedom of expression, like hold that close, keep your freedom of speech. That'd be the message. Keep your freedom hmm. of speech. Keep that close, which on its own is really not that controversial. No, no, like, that's it's really not. not that crazy of a thing. No, but, a lot like, of people think, would just kind of, you know, accept yeah, it. Yeah. They'd be yeah. like, well, yeah, of course. That's, that's just kind of how things are. It was like, yeah, but like, I've also not been presented with a situation where that's been a problem. I mean, Facebook and Instagram tag my shit all the time for being sexually explicit <laughs> and they're like, all right, well, your account's restricted. You're not going to, you're not going to get anywhere. And to me, yeah, that's censorship, but, I mean, it's a, it's a private company. Like I can't, I, like I agreed to Instagram and Facebook's terms of services when I signed up for them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that shit was in there. It was like, they don't want it to be, they don't want sexually explicit images. Now my definition of sexually, sexually explicit might be different from somebody else's. My definition of offensive is going to be different from somebody else's. Yeah. But, um, I'm, I'm not the one in charge of doing that, which is why I have a website where I can post whatever the fuck I want. Yeah. Like, well, that's interesting. No, I, and and again, that's something that I I didn't know about you, but I guess I guess I could have probably followed the breadcrumbs to it. Is that you're not necessarily setting out with with any kind of particular intention, other than saying, like, hey, look in, look into my mind yeah. for a moment. I have, and, I have messages that I want to send, but like if if people don't want to hear them, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like that's try kind and shove of where that's kind of where I'm at. Where like I guess it's not so much that I I know for a fact people don't want to hear them. It's just I don't know if the pros outweigh the cons or at least the potential of the cons. I think I think the message is st- like especially again when it when it comes to something that's objective truth mm-hmm. or objective fact. Like if somebody's denying that, like you still need to like like the, the the opposing view has to be there. Yeah. It has to exist. You can't just like shy away from it because it's not there. Yeah, like. So it's essentially like a form of due process. Yeah. You like know, my, I feel like my, uh, duty as, as a human being personally is to like continue to like take in new ideas and see things from different perspectives. There are other people who aren't going to want to do that. Yeah. So um, as far but as like, like, but I can, but I can express like what my own thoughts are without, it's like, if you come to, if you come to my platform, you're going to see 
you're going to see my opinions. Like, yeah. But you have to come to my platform to get them. Yeah. I was like, I'm not going to shove them. I'm not going to shove them in your face. But if I go, if I'm out somewhere in the world and somebody, like, if I'm out in public and somebody's running around saying, it was like, oh, the earth's flat or like some other random BS that's going around out there, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to just be like, okay, well, that guy's nuts and just kind of like walk away. I was like, I, that's why I label you a red pillar. <laughs> that's why, because in which I like, I'd be I'd be interested in having a conversation with them. Yeah, like, hey, how did you come to this? Yeah, like, I had, like, I don't know, it, I like I'm I'm hesitant to be like, yeah, I'm a red pillar or I'm a blue pillar. It was like, because again, like that's another like polarized. Yeah, uh, like that's that you're putting me in another like it's either this or that situation. Yeah, yeah. And, like. Which is, it's, there, it's there intentional. Are parts, there it's are parts of me where I could give a fuck. Like if I, if I start posting music, mm-hmm. like, like I've, I've posted some music and I was like, if you, you can listen to it or you're not, but yeah, like, but yeah, I created that label just for the sake of trying to make two buckets, even though at the end of the day, we both know that the buckets don't matter, but I just, sure. but it just is, it's, I feel as though, especially for anybody that might be listening, you know, to this podcast, I just feel like it might potentially help them decipher between you know this this topic of like hey if you had a platform influencers etc would you use your power to influence others or would you use Mm -hmm. your power essentially as as just a form of of mindlessness you know senseless entertainment so in like in in the reverse form let's say you have a massive following Mm mm-hmm like you got, you've gotten up there, and it was because of your music. But mm-hmm. you've got people coming to you specifically asking. Oh, like so there's they, a variable now. Opinion. They've it's like they want your opinions. Like they are they or they are looking for you to speak on a certain subject Ooh. or something like that. Like if if they put you on the spot, yeah. Or if you have something, it's like because I I mean I can't say that this is gonna happen. It's like nobody's yeah. gonna, nobody's gonna ask my fucking opinion about some like law degree shit or something like that. But, I was like, hey, I've got a legal question for you. I was like, it's my, like my landlord's guess... kicking me out of the house, or like or whatever. I was like, I was like, no, you should probably talk to a lawyer. Don't come to me for that. But like, if somebody, if like, I mean, try and connect it to like the music industry. Mm-hmm. Like, try and connect it to something that really wouldn't be that big of a leap for somebody to like demand you ask about this something like this, or say one of your co-members of the band were getting into like sort of these like political debates and stuff like that. And then you were then well, inadvertently connected to that. I can use a real world. I can use a real world incident. Um, Cause this is a no brainer, but Elise gets a lot of flack for just being a girl and oh, yeah. in the yeah, metal, in the metal unreal. industry, you know, and she, she has like a whole, she has like a whole album of just like messed up things that people have said. And she, does a lot of policing the comments, which honestly, not to be that guy, I I personally wouldn't give a shit. But I understand from her perspective, she's not one of those people who can just sit there and read something negative that somebody said and just ah whatever, keep it pushing, yeah, you know. And and I get that that's because it's it's normal to react to those kinds of things, especially in the the beginning of our successes, like we are, you know. But that's something that I've tried to have pep talks with her over and over again. I'm like, look, they don't 
don't let these people have power over your emotions because they probably just flop their dick on the keyboard and hit send. Well, hoping you know? that she's going to react to it in some, like to get a rise out of her in some way. Yeah. And I'm like, but at the same time, she's taken it a step further. She's like, yeah, but if I can create some kind of situation out of that, these people are going to boost our engagement, boost our views and this and right. that. So there is a level of that game she's playing, but I also know that there's a level of that that does actually affect her. But uh, so if someone put me on the spot, I guess, you know, like large influence, you know, have a lot of fans, you know, labeled an influencer, all that other stuff. And someone puts me on the spot about a topic that could be controversial or something like that. To be very honest, un unless it was I, I would probably honestly just neutrality, just weasel my way out of it. I don't know whether well, I would. So this, this is kind of like a loose association that you've made here because I, I don't know how controversial somebody is going to get well, in so, Elise's comments. Where so what I mean is like, how difficult would it be if somebody like jumped into her comment section for you to defend her? I don't so think, I, guess, I don't think it would be that. Yeah, hard I guess you. what it would be. So the, right. sorry, the real world situation I was going to mention was people are saying that women have no place in metal. Which obviously is a very, that's a very duh, like it's that's not controversial. That's just wrong. Yeah. Right. Right. That's, <laughs> like, that's like, easy. That's an easy way. That's like, I'm like, so it would have to be something that would stem from Angela a level. Gosso, I would, would like to enter the chat. <laughs> I would assume it's a level. It would have to be some kind of level of sexism. I, that is something that I, you could get me to like, say something about because I mean, obviously as a, as a person who, um, you know, multicultural, mixed, uh, you know, and, and the person who's lived the life that I've lived, I'm all for equality. It doesn't make a difference to me. When I talk to someone, they're a person. It doesn't, it genuinely doesn't matter what they have physical about them. What matters is their mind and, and their heart, metaphorically speaking. So um, someone would have to put me on the spot and ask me something, not bizarre, but seemingly casual. Like, what's it like? having two girls like being in a band with two girls because that is a weird question that i've gotten before and they're you know what i mean I it's mean, not there's it's, not it's anything like being in a band. <laughs> yeah there's not anything to it you know there was a um i mean so like if i got put on the spot i i honestly you might have to give me a question because i i honestly don't know what well, anybody could say that's also kind of difficult when i was trying to answer it too is like i mean i guess it depends on what yeah what was out there like, it would have to be something specific but i think you know if we're talking real world as weird as it sounds that's probably the only real world question i would get my bandmates on the other hand could easily get a real world question about me that might be kind of difficult to answer because they could be like oh what's it like being in a band with a guy who killed somebody do you want to go there? <laughs> <laughs> Just saying, because like, you know, we, that's is something that will, uh, honestly, it's more than likely going to come up. I mean, how can it not actually on the contrary, it already has, but I mean like the further, oh, yeah. the more further into the realm of that success that we get into, the more that topic's going to come up, which for me, it's very black and white, you know, but at the same time it's going to be because I was there, but also for me, people aren't going to want to give a shit. They don't give a shit about what I have to say because you know what I mean? Like I, that doesn't even need to be explained to be understood. Um, but you know, my bandmates and things the like, people could be like, what is it like? Are you afraid of him? Do you think he might do it again? You know, there's so many different things that you could probably, well, elaborate I mean, on. I guess it would depend on how that information got out. Like if, I, if they I mean, just... there's like 60 articles about me and I'm like plastered to like, I don't know how many different websites about it. It's not terribly too difficult. Um, during one of our live streams, somebody actually brought it up 
and in a joke, but they they brought it up and mentioned it. Wasn't me, was it? Because if I have no I, jokes, it would be like, no, I doubt it. Well, I mean, because also, like, I went to therapy. This was four years ago. You know, like, I went through a lot of different things to to cope with it and all that jazz. So I'm fine with it now. But no, because so, I think an important distinction to make for anybody watching right now is that you killed somebody in self defense. <laughs> yes, yeah, like, yeah, that's kind of like an important thing here. Is that you yeah, you weren't you weren't intentionally going out trying to kill somebody. It's like you got yeah. put in a situation where you had to defend yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. and for like, and obviously from like my perspective, you know, like I I thought that my life was in danger as well as those that I care about and people around me, which is yeah. why I did what I did. You know, it was purely, which is, again, why I'm able to be on a podcast, why I'm able to still continue my music career, why I'm able to still, you know, shop at Whole Foods. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not behind bars. It's, okay. it's just a joke. It's, such a weird it's, a joke. Right it's just a joke. <laughs> it's like, does Whole Foods know you killed a person? <laughs> right. No, just a joke. Well, just explaining that I'm able to do normal mundane things that I haven't been stripped of my my rights to humanity or, or basic existence yeah um but no so what it was said in the comment was uh someone said there and i laughed because i did think it was funny but someone's like there's a killer among them but it was self-defense oh and that was like all it said but it was at the same time it was out of the blue and you could tell that it was from somebody that probably didn't live here locally so whereas it was funny because it was just random but it was just like you know there's there's some kind of um cookie of sorts that is still tied to that i mean it's not terribly difficult to find it but within our fan base there are people that are aware of this do you have react, do you have like a, a traumatic reaction to it at all when it gets brought up or anything like uh that? Like, not anymore no uh in the first year i did so like my well, traumas really yeah yeah the, my traumas were really to me they were weird but i don't know to psychiatrists and therapists it just made sense but i had this thing where i couldn't i couldn't look people in the face like at all so like i'd walk around and i would just like you know i would talk to people like this and be like hey how are you doing today and it's just weird because i couldn't look them in the face and you know through therapy and psychiatry they said that that was due to like some level of guilt and things of that nature Mm -hmm. um but yeah when people would bring it up i had a lot of people that kind of looked at me like i was some kind of monster or savage or you name it um you know because i tried to keep it light Oh when yeah, I was interacting with you and like I like I I even felt bad making jokes uh, when I did oh, like, or bringing it's... it up in kind of like a, a form of brevity, mm-hmm. mainly because like when I'm uncomfortable, I try and like retreat to like humor. Yeah. Um, well, and, and, and I'm like, completely... but even then, like I would see your reaction to it. I'd be like, okay, I don't really know how he, I don't really know how he reacted to that. I don't know if it was like troubling or not. No, like to so to be honest, well, because again, born and raised in a military family, like you know we crack jokes about everything under the sun you sure. know and and uh oh my god so i'm gonna i'm gonna i'll say i'll say this uh the trauma hadn't quite set in for me like after i did it until the following morning so it was like less than it's like less than 16 hours later mm. i get outside because my brother's gonna help me go find an attorney um and i'm walking out still hadn't really slept not sure like not really processing fully processing everything that happened Mm -hmm. i don't know why this just but i'm gonna laugh here because this is just funny to me but it's actually really fucked up my brother drives up into my driveway and he he rolls his window down and he's in this big ass truck the first thing he says to me after knowing why he's there is get in fucker we're gonna make america great again and just like just like a wave of just like 
guilt, trauma, shame. I don't know. Everything you could ever think of just like set into this tiny little ball in my chest, like, and just imploded because it, and now I can look back and laugh at it. Cause I'm like, you're such an asshole because when he got blown up over in Afghanistan, he came back and he was walking with a limp for a while. Mm-hmm. I mean, he'd walk by me, I'd be like swag, <laughs> you know? So like, and that's, that's where it stemmed from. And it's, it's so fucked up, but in one of the ways that he and I have kind of helped each other through the more traumatic events in our life is by trying to make light of it, even in the darkest moments. Sure. And, and it's jacked up and probably to anybody that's listening is like, that is some savage shit. But you no, know, it's, it's like my first question when I think of that is like, do you think about the victim or like how like people who knew him? Well, would, so would react to like, no. Yeah. That. So oddly enough, you know, with when it comes to that situation still to this day, I think I am the one person that showed the most compassion towards the victim. I still feel like I am the number one person that showed the most compassion to him because things that first off, they still have not interviewed anybody from the day of that incident. No, nobody that was actually there. Now, and who's, who's they? Like, uh, so like, when the news, the media, when news articles dropped and the media dropped um, about that incident, it was skewed like a motherfucker. And they, they, everybody they interviewed were just people that just lived in the area. Nobody that was actually either there or saw it or anything. That's fucked. Yeah. So there was nobody that was actually a witness to any sort that was interviewed. Um, but things that weren't said, which really sucked was after I had fired on him, I was the one that yelled for other people to call 911 and specifically requested an ambulance because there was a chance he would need medical attention. That is literally part of the statement I gave to the detectives. That's part of your firearms training. You know, I immediately after you fire your weapon, like, I mean, yeah, your, your instinct isn't to like, well, and so I'm a person, you're, you're supposed to get somewhere safe. As yeah. soon as possible and then notify the authorities immediately and try and call for medical attention. Yep. They, uh, it's on record that I tried to call 911 and the call didn't connect for whatever reason. Like I busted my ass off to try Good and job, make sure. Good job. Dude, to, I did, I did everything that I could at the time while still remaining safe myself to try and get him help. And that's something that thankfully the people that, you know, could decide the, the outcome of, on my future and my life, those people took that into consideration. Um, and that was wonderful for me because again, that's how I'm able to, you know, as I jokingly said, shop at whole foods, I haven't had my freedom strip for me, but it doesn't change the fact that, that to this day, that there's a big side of that incident that is not spoken about. And that biggest side of that incident is me. Nobody ever asks, you know, like, how did you, how did you feel about it? You know, how did you like, I, I showed nothing but compassion for the dude. Like I didn't know him from a can of paint, you know, I'm not a person that likes to resort to violence or anything like that. If I could have had a conversation, if we could have had some kind of mingling, some understanding, mm-hmm. you know, and this is something I told my therapist, I was just like, you know, in this order, his family failed him, his friends failed him. And then the system failed him in that order. And I'm like, and that is, that is a fact because right. my children won't be caught dead behind the wheel of a stolen vehicle. You know, because not only not only us as parents are going to prevent that outcome, that future from existing, Mm -hmm. but the people that they are friends with and associate with and influence them are going to keep them away from that pathway because it's reinforced by, you know, our upbringings. But then beyond that, you know, there's my 
my brother's a sheriff these days. There's a level of me that does have faith in the legal system. I won't call it the justice system for things I'm not going to mention on camera. But I will say that the legal system, it does work in ways that can be beneficial to people who are troubled or have had troublesome lives, such as himself. Mm -hmm. You know, but it was just bizarre oh. because... His, well, you can you can do it if you want because this just became an audio only podcast. Oh. <laughs> just for whatever reason, my camera the camera on me wasn't filming at all. So oh, brutal! <laughs> yeah, so it's like tropic thunder. Like yeah, the lens is still on. Yeah, we're audio only now. <laughs> well, so I don't know. So yeah, there's 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 all kinds of like things that I I'll probably tell you off record just because I don't want to. You know, like I said, I am a red pill person, but you know, that's, it's due to all the things that I know and all the things that I've been through that have tied into the government. Cause I've, I've not, I've been indirectly involved in certain cover-ups and things like that. So I'm not going to go into detail about all that nonsense. You don't get to fucking say shit like that and just be like, Oh, it's like, Oh, he knows shit. He <laughs> I knows mean, shit. I oh, but tell he's, you about he's not going to talk about it. Well, cause I don't know how deep we, and you know, cause there's a lot of stuff that even goes deep to just like our involvement in Iraq and Afghanistan. Cause you know, just family what, members, you have your direct involvement in shit. Uh, not my direct involvement, but my brother's direct involvement with stuff that got covered up through CNN, but I'm not, that's not what we're delving into. <laughs> I'm not delving into, I'll tell you loosely about it after this, but I almost don't want to let you go on it. Cause I kind of want to, so I, I gotta be honest. Like my first instinct is like, okay, is he, is he blowing this up bigger than what well, it actually okay, is? So, um, or, or is there actually something there that needs to be talked well, about it was brought to the sir it was brought to light eventually because as far as the government goes the government does like to release information um you know after they've all after it's no longer essentially a threat to national security sure you know such as things like like training manuals of theirs that they have you know you can actually acquire training manuals military based even cia based training mm -hmm. manuals through the internet because it's outdated or they or they no longer see it as a threat to their national security so whatever um, but so, I mean, I guess we could talk about it. I don't know how I feel about it, but they did eventually bring it to light. Um, so I'll talk about this one. This is one cover up. I'm not going to talk about the bugged phone. My own fucking mother gave me, but <laughs> cause I was, cause I was living with people that made it on a, on a list and they were, uh, high, high value targets, I guess, to some degree. Um, which is what that's the cost of being a red, what? that's the, that's the huh. cost of being a red pill person and being open about it is you can get Blackhawks put in your backyard and shit like that. Not that they, Black not that, Hawks. It, yeah, not that it happened to them. Um, but yeah, that was, it was, it was a whole fiasco, but so the I stuff guess, with my uh, brother, wait a minute. Okay. Wait, 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 hold on. <laughs> like, you ended up on a list and you got Blackhawks in your backyard. I didn't end up on a list or have Blackhawks in my yard. I got to know, know what the fuck you mean by Blackhawks in your backyard. So, all right. So there was, when a, I hear, when I hear Blackhawk, I'm thinking of a fucking like chopper. Yeah. An actual helicopter, an unmarked helicopter. <laughs> Yeah. Landed in your backyard. Not mine, but yes. In, in, in individual's yard who contacted me through a secured line. And I actually don't even know how they would have managed to do that. Um, you're getting me all kinds of confused now. Well, <laughs> like so you're losing. You're losing I'll, so I'll, I'll just, I'll just backtrack it. So I'll, I, I lived with this girl and this guy for like a few months to a year. And they were good friends of mine, but they were very, very big on trying to expose uh, aspects of the U.S. that they thought were like bad, you know, such as like, oh, well, they've got like internment camps and things like that laid out 
they're located here, 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 okay. here. Okay. Now, did they have some sort of access to information enough to where like anything that they were coming out with was credible? They or? they must have. I don't know because I stayed pretty far away from that shit. But they must have oh, just. You didn't stay far enough away if you're living with them. Well, like, yeah. I mean... So I well, because a lot of this stuff I didn't know until after I was already kind of in the midst of it. Okay. Um, but I guess they ended up getting a following. And I don't remember how many people it was, but their little like they had like this geographical map where it kind of showed where their followers were. And a lot of them were in the Middle East, like majority of them. So I'm not sure if that would is well, enough. Were they, to, what were they doing a podcast? Are they like doing some sort uh, of like, they it was they had like a, they it was some kind of Facebook page um, in which they were just pretty much using it to politically expose the U.S. for for things that they thought were were criminal. Now, were they so are we are we talking about a couple conspiracy theorists who were to, mainly jumping on stuff that wasn't true and they're just kind of like freaking out about or? to a degree they were definitely conspiracy theorists but they I, I don't necessarily know how they obtained the information that they did there's there's a lot of levels to this that i don't know because i genuinely just tried my best to stay the fuck away from it but um the different things that they were attempting to expose, there must have been some level of credibility. Did uh, they, these people come from backgrounds to where they would have been involved with stuff like that? No, or we just, no, no, no. They were just some fucking regular people that just went to college and thought highly of themselves and started trying to jump into shit they knew nothing about and then managed to... I would assume stumble upon something within their list of information that was accurate. Did they actually stumble upon something that was accurate or did they just make enough noise and like they drew an audience from like probably from an opposing power and like that was just enough to like warrant some attention to be like, okay, what do they actually do? Probably make enough noise would probably be better what it is. That's probably more of an accurate descriptor. Because you're because you're like, honestly, like because again, like you're making it sound like you're dipping into the conspiracy yourself and be like, oh, I knew people who know well, no, all this so, like secret stuff. And so so like, it, up, it sounds like one of those, like, like it well, sounds so like some a, of the like dangerous talk where like, oh, I know shit. And like, no, 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 no. I myself don't know anything. Thank God. Um, except for, except for the one incident that was already brought to light where my mom wanted to give me a phone and it was just the we. I just I don't know. So I didn't have a cellular de- device at the time because a lot of people knew me that I just like to walk around with an iPad that had a phone. Yeah, that's to when it. I knew you too. Yeah, so, so like carrying that goddamn thing around with you everywhere. Yeah, so like that was that was my thing. I was steady with that thing like it was going to be marriage. And there's still a part of me that misses it. Like I part of me hates having keep, a phone. Keep going. I got to pour myself some water though. Oh yeah, yeah. But so basically, what ended up happening was uh, my mom went and she got me this phone, and a apparently the phone all it was issued by the government i i don't know what you would even call this carrier service it didn't have like a service name or anything like that and it, Fucking huawei or some shit like dude that. it was weird she gave it first off she gave it to me in a ziploc bag which was odd um but <laughs> what is <your> yeah <laughs> yeah but it, it looked like a toy phone it looked like a toy phone but it was actually functional and it had Every every month you would get minutes on this phone that you would get for free and the phone would stay active provided you made at least one phone call a month on it. It would stay active. Um, you had so many text messages you could send and, and so many minutes, the minutes would roll over and it was a completely free government related program. 
Um, it looked like a toy phone. Did she ever give you any indication as far as where this came from? No, uh, no. She you just didn't, said, "Did you ask?" I, I, well, because I asked her how she. Yeah, she told me that there was some government service that she got offered, um, and you know, she just was like, "I have a phone. I don't need it." So, you know, if you want it, you can take it because I know you don't have a phone. So what the weird part about it was she gave me a phone and I don't know, it could have been, it could have been meant for her. It could have actually, cause she's, I would, I would imagine she's probably mixed up in shit for all I know. You spend 30 years in the military and you don't walk away knowing nothing, but fair enough. The, so why I'm looking at my phone here is just because like, I shit you not, it looked like a toy phone, but the camera on the back of that phone looked like it was almost the quality of these. And this was several years ago. But it, the camera looked really, really nice quality, and I attempted to access it, you know, just to see. Because I'm not thinking, sure. I'm not thinking ahead at this time. I'm just like, oh, this is cool, free phone, free minutes, nice. Yeah, but so I look at it, and it said that the camera was unmounted, which, which okay. was weird. That's literally what it said: camera unmounted. And given the thing looked like a fucking toy phone, so I mean, for all we know, it could have just been jumbled up, and maybe it was actually unmounted, but. Not terribly long after I, I got that phone and had been keeping it inside of that that household, I got called by a guy who specifically name-dropped uh, one of my two friends. and That you were living with? Yes. Okay. And said that um, they essentially need to stop pursuing i can't remember what the exact term that he basically told them that they need to kind of stop doing what they're doing in short because now is it possible that this was just another conspiracy it, theorist it who is be. like just like in deep with like the the craziness and it could be but the thing that doesn't make sense is how he would know their names and also know that i live there i mean if they're running a face if they're running a facebook page and they're local to the area i mean oh yeah i mean there's hard of a not that big of a reach yeah but i mean she's her and her guy were not people that i had like photos with we sure it wasn't jack fucking with you or something (laughs) no no this is before this is before the tale untold this is like yeah this is before all of this stuff you carried carried that tablet for a while yes yeah no this is literally what am am i 29 now i was this maybe like nine almost 10 years ago so no yeah no this is like way back before this I was with the impulsive at during this time period. So this is like somewhere between 2012 and 2015, somewhere between there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they, it was weird because they, he called my, my work phone and I worked in a call center at the time, which was weird because we didn't have direct extensions, but he called my work phone and name dropped her and then said that, essentially she needed to discontinue her her search or I, I and I still can't fully remember what it was but I remember writing it down on a uh, sticky note and was just like hey this guy called he said that if you and I was just like I don't know what you're getting mixed up into but he called me on this line and said if you keep doing what you're doing um you know they 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 put a black hawk in his yard and they'll do it to you too and I was just like, and and that's kind of my thing where I'm just like, I don't, it's the parts and I see your face. It's the parts that's like, 
I'm not able to connect the dots on how that makes sense. But I told her and was like, <laughs> neither am I. <laughs> and I told her, I'm just like, look, I don't know anything about this and I don't want to know, but whatever you're doing, you should probably chill it the fuck out because, um, and, and, but again, as, as I started kind of kicking around in my head, I'm just like, is it possible that you, I'm like, do, do you have anything in your house that could be like bugged for any reason, for any reason? And she's just like, no, this and that. And then I started thinking about that phone. And I was just like, no, nah, maybe you do. <laughs> like, you've got an unmounted camera and a phone that was given to us by the government, given to me by the government. But again, it could have been meant for my mom, and they just—I don't know—needle in a haystack. Is it but possible that the camera in that phone just looked fancy, and it was like so, like a, a pretty common government tactic that if if it was me, mm-hmm. when I'm giving employees uh, phones. Uh, or smartphones or anything like that. I wouldn't want cameras attached to them because like, yeah, it, it, came, it came out not long ago, especially like with Edward Snowden and all that, that your camera can be accessed without your knowledge Yeah, and stuff like that. And so like the camera being on, when it says that your camera was unmounted, it's just because it was unmounted. Yeah. And that's and, what like, I was saying. It, is there's it, a and possibility. It was, like a, it was a government phone where they're like, well, you're, it's a government, it's an employee work phone. You're not going to be using the camera on it anyway. So we're going to disable the camera. Right. Like, which, which makes sense. And that's why I was like, there's a chance that it honestly, you know, like I feel the like phone the easiest, was, I feel like the easiest solution here, like the easiest explanation is kind of probably your, yeah. your actual explanation for some of this stuff. Yeah. Cause it, it, it could have, you know, the phone seemed very cheaply made itself. So, sure. it, I mean, it could it could have just been rattled. You know, my mom handed it to me in a freaking Ziploc bag. She could have dropped it on the way over there. You know, there's a lot, there's a lot of different things that could lead like to I why. Had a friend, I had a friend who carried his phone around in a Ziploc bag uh, at work specifically because uh, I was a dishwasher. Wow. And you would trade, like, you would trade shifts on dishwashing depending on which uh, thing you got into. But, like, at the end of the night when we would close, it was a restaurant. And it's like at the end, like, he didn't want to get shit on his phone. Yeah. Like he, like there's a hundred percent why he's just like, I just don't want to get crap on my phone and yeah. like have it ruin it or something like that. Well, and so this, that this back before this is back when phones had buttons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, exactly. And like shit well, would get what... inside it and like, you'd like the buttons would get like clogged up and shit. That's what this one had. Yeah. So it was just, like, you know, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of plausible deniability. You know, it could have been completely unrelated to the phone, could have been completely related, unrelated to all of it. But the the things that actually happened was the the call on the secured line, not non-secured, the secured line to a phone that doesn't have an extension while I'm at work and name name dropping a person that I lived with. You know, and just the things that didn't make sense is how someone would have that knowledge you know, unless it was those friends fucking with you, or something. which I mean, yeah, I mean, who knows? There's so like I had a friend a while back who kind of made like similar claims, which is why I'm being mm-hmm. like skeptical right away. I mean, I'm skeptical. No, in nature, it's good to like, be skeptical. Right off the bat. Like I'm skeptical right off the bat anyway. But I had a friend who, while I was in high school, mm-hmm. um, would interact with us a lot and was kind of like in that conspiracy mode a lot yeah. it was like they're were, they were very anti-government all this shit and they would make some pretty wild claims mm-hmm. um about a lot of stuff and then they would get like they would try and get us involved in them and it kind of became a game after a while it was just kind of like how you interact with a person because we're fucking young dumb high school kids I mean, right, fuck. right and so we would make like funny like 
ghost protocol phone calls and stuff like that and shit like that. And it was like you, we, were, we were trading each other's information all the time and we were just like, we were just kind of fucking around. Yeah. And then we would fuck with other people doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. It was like it was, it was part of the game. It was just like we were just trying to fuck with people. Like yeah. Just trying to mess with them. And I mean, like to us, it was just funny. Like so, like like my first reaction when hearing stuff like that is, is like I think you had a couple friends who were fucking with you, which because you were living with them, so yeah. Like you were roommates with these people, and like this is just how they they just thought it would be funny to fuck with you. It's like it wouldn't be the weirdest thing in the world for them to be able to like call your work phone, or be able to know how to get a hold of you on your work phone. Yeah, to a like, degree. I don't want to blow a bunch of holes in your cool story. It's like no, I don't want to. No, I don't no. want it to be like I'm not trying to like. It's not break something down that the foundations would... of all this shit, but like. There's a lot there. Like I said, plausible deniability. There is a lot of it. There isn't a way for me to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that I was just getting fucked with. There isn't a way to prove that. Yeah. But there's also not a way to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that, you know, what happened wasn't exactly what we think well, it is or what kind, we feel it is. You can't, proving a negative is not a standard that you want to, yeah. that you want to jump but onto. So it's, like the, the, the burden is not to prove that it wasn't something like that. Like the burden is to prove that your, that the conspiracy side of it was true. It was like, yeah, of course you can't prove that it wasn't them doing it. Was like, yeah. Like, you have to you have to prove that it was them fucking with you. Like, well, and that's the thing is it's it. There were just so many different oddities. It's, like it's just it's just as easy for me to say that you have to prove that uh, like you, you have to prove that I don't have a romantic infatuation with the microphone that you're mouthing right now. <laughs> it's like, how do you do that? Right, you you don't is, have you do not have a way to prove that. Yeah, it's like, it's like, just like the same way that you don't have a you can't prove that they're not fucking with you. Yeah, like, but so it's, I, like, and I don't I don't want to be poking holes. I'm just saying, I was like, I'm skeptical in nature, and so while you're telling me this stuff, I'm just like, I don't know. This well, is, no, which is good to to question those things and also try and view them from different perspectives. Sure. Um, but yeah, it was it was something that eventually went nowhere. You know, like there was, it was something that like nobody got nabbed up, nobody disappeared, nobody, you know what I mean? Like it's something that eventually just Mm -hmm. went nowhere. You know, they did eventually shut down their page. I don't know if it was because they took the message I gave them seriously or why, you know, they eventually did shut Uh, it all down. Was it their choice or did Facebook be like, Hey, you're pushing false information. We're going to fucking shut this shit down because they've been doing that too. Honestly, I have no idea. They, they didn't. I, I don't know. They they had a lot of relationship issues and things just kind of went south between them all together. So I mean, I mean, it sounds. I mean, they didn't sound like wildly mentally stable in the first place. I mean, no, 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 no. That probably didn't help. Yeah, yeah. No, they definitely had their their trials and tribulations, so to speak. But so, which, which again, I don't want to like devalue their experiences or anything yeah. like that. But like when you talk about stuff like this, obviously there's like a healthy level of what the fuck. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But no, it like, it eventually went away from. It eventually went nowhere. Um, you know, which again was probably the best outcome. Probably, um, yeah, probably. But as far as like, you know, it just that was one of those kind of I don't wouldn't I don't necessarily call it like an eye opener, but it was an odd situation to to be by proxy to it was Definitely. enough to, it was enough for you to be like hey that could happen yeah that yeah could. like this is a possibility within sure. existence right now today the other thing that just kind of um so there's a thing that kind of turned me off to the news altogether was when i saw the whole cover-up on cnn now now that was weird and this one is yeah, like okay that's not enough information yeah so i'll explain yeah. so this one is like this one is just pretty much linear just fact so this is 
the situation that happened. I'm not going to name drop everybody, but essentially, you do you recall that incident about a guy by the name of Bergdahl? No. Well, there was a guy named Bergdahl who, uh, during a point where we needed support from Americans from from the U.S. because we were fighting. How are you going to spell that? Uh, B e r g. I think it was uh, D H A L or D A H L. Yeah, B E R G D A H L. I believe. Yeah, you can you can look this up. Is this Bo Bergdahl? Possibly. So the story, the articles nowadays should say he walked off of the forward operating base. He was uh, a person that nowadays is known to have um, joined the Taliban willingly to cross from the United States to join the Taliban. Okay. So Bo Bergdahl deserted his state. This is yep. from the nation.com. Like, yep. All right. You know, let's, let's go Wikipedia at least. I don't, we'll start there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robert Bo Bergdahl as a United States army sh- soldier who was held captive from 2009 to 2014 by the mm-hmm. Taliban aligned Haqqani network in mm-hmm. Afghanistan and Pakistan. Mm-hmm. Um, he was captured after deserting his post on June 30th, 2009. The circumstances under which Bergdahl went missing and how he was captured by the Taliban have since become subjects of intense media scrutiny. Mm-hmm. He was released on May 31st, 2014 as part of a prisoner exchange for five high-ranking Taliban members who were being held at the detention center at Guantanamo Bay. Mm-hmm. And he was not a prisoner. Okay. So Bergdahl was tried by general court-martial on the charges of desertion and misbehavior before the enemy. And on October 16th, 2017, he entered a guilty plea before a military judge at Fort Bragg. Mm-hmm. Um, he was sentenced to be dishonorably discharged, reduced in rank to private, and fined $1,000 per month from his pay for 10 months with no prison time. Oh, wow. So he actually got off easy. That's the, crazy. The fine and reduction in rank took effective immediately while the discharge was stayed pending appeals in federal review. Bergdahl's sentence was affirmed by the Army Court of Criminal Appeals and later by the Court of Appeals for the Armed Forces in 2020. His case has been under review by the United States District Court for District of Columbia since February of 2021. Okay. Yeah. So, so this guy in particular, um, so this is something I know from my brother. Uh, my brother was a part of that same forward operating base that this dude walked off of. Okay. So this is this is where it came from. So when it first happened, my brother was on leave for a couple weeks, you know, because he was active deployed at the time. And this guy, we I remember we were in Ord, Nebraska with with my grandparents on my stepmother's side. Okay. And we were watching, we were watching uh, the news, and it had it initially had said that um, he was captured. No, no, not captured. Sorry, they had the story correct. CNN initially said that there was a guy who walked off of the forward operating base. Um you know, and essentially like walked into the Taliban's, I don't know what you'd call it, clutches. Sure. Yeah. You know, and, and was fleeing with them. That's initially what CNN was saying within, I think it was four minutes flat. They changed the story to say that he was captured. He was abducted, that he didn't leave willingly. So let me, like, while we're, while we're on this, before we get too far, are you saying uh, that this person was intentionally yes. getting in with the Taliban. They he willing uh, yeah. So the the backstory on that was he he had a pretty no pun intended shit job over there. Like he 
was just the, the peon of the bunch. He would literally clean up after the dogs in their kennels and things of that nature. Oh. Just a person that, yeah. And, but from my understanding, it was due to things that he did to kind of position himself to be at that point. But, you know, he didn't have a good over there. So there's, I'll definitely extend that olive branch to why he might just be like, man, fuck this. You know, um, but he, I guess it, it led up to a point where, this is why I'm not going to mention these other people because two people died over this incident. Um, but there were some people that noticed him leaving the forward operating base, which obviously is a big no-no behind enemy lines. Sure. So as he is walking away, um, there are a group of Taliban members, I guess, that end up, you know, accompanying him. One of the members over there who saw him of these two people goes over there in an attempt to stop him from leaving, at which point one of the Taliban members turns around and just gut shots him. So that starts essentially a small gunfight between these two people and the, the Taliban who are now, quote unquote, taking Bergdahl. Um, and the attempt of them trying to retrieve Bergdahl, both of those people get killed. Um, at which point Bergdahl is, has been successfully like captured or whatever. So when, when it pops up on CNN's news, when this happens, my brother was actually, he specifically made it a point cause he wanted to watch the news to see how this was going to unfold. Cause he knew that there was going to be a topic. He knew it was going to be out there. So he was home at this time. Yes. So it comes up on the news cause he knew when the article was going to start getting ran through. And initially they did say it correctly. They were like, he walked off of the FOB, the FOB, the forward operating base. Mm -hmm. uh, They're like, he walked off the FOB into, you know, the Taliban's clutches. Um, at which point these people attempted to retrieve him and it, it didn't work. Um, within about four minutes or so of them initially saying that they said that they actually got their information wrong and they were like, he was captured. He didn't walk off willingly. And I remember my brother just getting pissed. He's like, that is not what the fuck happened. He's like, that guy walked off willingly. Well, uh, and so but so your, your brother was home at this point in time when this incident occurred. No, no. He was there when the incident occurred, but was home by the time it was hitting news. By okay. the time it was getting discussed. How much how much time was there between those? Uh, I'd have to ask him because I don't it wasn't much. It wasn't much like probably within maybe two weeks tops. It wasn't much, but hmm. we watched okay. we watched the article and they they switched it up and said that he he was captured instead. But when they showed the video footage of this prisoner by the Taliban, he wasn't in cuffs or anything like that. He wasn't hemmed up, tied up. He was eating food casually, comfortably. He had fresh new clothes that had been clean. Um, you know, and he looked to be in perfect health. Uh, so several years go by and then that whole incident where that trade-off happens, right? Right. Between the, the, oh, the high ranking prisoners and him. By the time Bergdahl had come back to us, he was speaking Arabic. He was speaking a different language altogether. Okay. And at that point, they started to change the narrative, and they were like, hey, he walked off the base willingly. Um, and looking back at it, this is where the conspiracy theory comes into play. So this is not backed by any kind of fact. This next part. 
we were we questioned whether or not that they changed the narrative at that time because it was a very volatile moment. I think that was around the time that we had just started kind of pushing into Afghanistan and we were just dealing with a lot of shit. But I think it was the concept of ensuring that we have um, American support for our troops at the time, which is why they changed the narrative versus if they had said the truth that, hey, this guy just didn't like the conditions or how he was getting treated in the U.S. Army and switched sides, you know, it, letting that truth be known back then would be detrimental to our part in the in the war. So where are you thinking this cover-up came from? Do you think it came from the media or do you think it came from the military trying to, like, save face? I think it was the military. Okay. Because not to be that guy, the media doesn't give a fuck. I mean, for the most part. Well, I mean... So the the question that comes to my mind is like why it took so long for this to hit the news if it was such a big thing. Like yeah. So if you got like two weeks of time, especially surrounding, like I mean, what when did this happen? So I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't remember. remember it said like oh nine or something like that. I can't it was like it was remember. A while ago. Yeah. Yeah. Captured from two thousand nine to twenty fourteen. So yeah. I mean, back at that point in time, I mean, obviously. I mean, that's still a good amount of time after nine eleven. Yeah, and things like like the award been going on for a while. Yeah, but I feel like a there story was about a uh, or about an American soldier deserting to join the Taliban would be a pretty big fucking piece. Yeah, which is how it ended up on CNN. Um, now, as far like as why two, week, two weeks later, and obviously, like I mean, where is CNN going to be getting their information from on this issue yeah. if they if they're changing stuff around about? Yeah, which is why there's there's levels to it that I, I'm just not, I'll be at yeah, a I loss guess, for. I guess I have more questions than than anything else. Um, but yeah, so it, you know, it just they you, just, you, came, you came here being like, I don't know if we want to dump into anything controversial. That's pretty much all you've been trying yeah. to talk about. Well, no, like there, I mean, <laughs> there's thing, there's things like, I mean, I, I guess you could, as you so eloquently put, I guess from my perspective, I wouldn't see it as controversial either, but it is. But I mean, no, as far as that goes. As I say, the military trying to save face isn't use, that, and using the media as a tool to to do that isn't really that weird to me. But yeah, exactly. Same. I, that's that's not something that I think is like earth shattering. No. <laughs> like especially over an incident like this that took back place like back to be in two thousand nine. More well versed on it too before I like comment further on it. But that, I mean, that's kind of part of the problem when it comes to the media is like I don't know how much information I'm getting is true. Like yeah, exactly. But at the same time, I don't know how much information I'm getting from you who got it from your brother yeah who yeah yeah was, well so i was who happened there. to be in the same base and i was like yeah i was at least there at at jump site as far as you know when we were sitting around watching this news article together and then my brother explaining everything that happened yeah um because you know with Which two is, of his, uh, it's definitely a unique perspective like, two that's, of his that's, that's closer to the subject than i'll ever be um but yeah like i mean without like direct knowledge it's kind of like tough to yeah. Figure out what's going on. And and if your brother was there and then watching this news story as it broke out, I was like, well, fuck, man. I was like, so he get, your brother got booted out of that, like, got, got to, I don't want to say booted out because that's, that's the wrong terminology, but your brother finally got to go home inside that period. That was crazy timing. Yeah. Crazy timing. Well, yeah. And that's my thing is like, I, I, was like, I how don't, mu how much information were they able to get while he was like, going through all that shit and yeah and there's a part of me that like very just like randomly wants to call him and ask him because i know he would like i know he <laughs> would just like jump right on it yeah i know he would just be like oh that that fucking guy like <laughs> he would just tell me 
Um, it was like yeah, so nonchalant I, to him. He's just like, oh. Oh, yeah, because at this point, you know, it's so long ago. That's why, you know, it's kind of like me being comfortable talking about my shit from four years ago. You know, after mm-hmm. a certain period of time passes, you know, you know, it's you can talk about it and and it kind of is what it is at that it's, point. I mean, it's interesting. But, like, it's, it's certainly interesting, but it's also not. I think the reason that it's interesting because it's not really that surprising. Like it's kind of like yeah. inside that realm of believability. I was like, I do feel like the military would probably not want it getting out there that they had somebody join. They had somebody in their ranks join the Taliban because yeah. he was cleaning dog shit. But yeah, I mean, but it's it, but at the same time, it's just like, okay, is cleaning dog shit really that fucking bad to where you're gonna join the fucking Taliban? I was like, I don't yeah, know. I don't well, know. and that's I don't why know they cleaning were cleaning dog shit's that bad. That's why they were making claims that you know, dude was kind of weird beforehand. I was like, I, don't, yeah, I, was gonna say, I was like, I don't know where the appeal is for the Taliban to where you're like, he's like, you know what? I'm not getting shot at. It's <laughs> like, I'm cleaning dog shit, but I'm not getting shot at. I don't know if joining the Taliban is the next, is the next logical step right. from there. Like, fuck. But yeah, he was there for a long time, you know, which, which again, I, like, and dude, and I cannot, I cannot downplay the experience of somebody who's been at war, mm-hmm. who's been in war, who's, who's been overseas, fighting for our freedoms like i, I right. cannot i cannot relate to that feeling like i haven't been i tried uh because of an asthmatic they wouldn't even bother like yeah every branch that i talked to is like sorry bro you, you cannot you cannot jump in there yeah like which sucked because that was like my plan as soon as i got out of high school <laughs> so I, I was like this is how i'm gonna pay for college this is was like because like i bought into every recruiter's speech telling me that this is how it could handle yeah it's like i wanted to go like I, I wanted to jump in there and this is in 2007. So I would have been like right around that sweet spot for an incident like this. But yeah. Um, but yeah, they were basically like, yeah, no, you, if, you, if you can't breathe while you run and you're not exactly going to be very useful <laughs> to us. Like, Carrying all that heavy gear. I'm not exactly like I can, I can, I can walk with a lot of heavy gear for a long period of time, but I can't run. They're like, you, you can't come. Sorry. We need, <laughs> we need you to run. We're like, well, fuck. All right then. Well, yeah. It was, um, uh, but yeah, that's, I don't know. Like, I can't I can't dive in too far on something like that because that's something that I need to like read up on, mm-hmm. you know. And it's so, thankfully like, there's there is a lot of information, a lot of sources you can read up on at least about that incident in particular. Thankfully, yeah. but like so when I like first started podcasting, I was doing like solo stuff, mm-hmm. and I was just uh, like the very first episode that I did it was actually when like a few years back when the Amazon rainforest caught on fire, they mm-hmm. had like a real like again. Like that was kind of like the big part of it is that it catches on fire just about every year. There's a burn season essentially. Yeah. Like, just like wildfire season here in the States. Like yeah, it, it happened. lands it and happens. stuff. And yeah, it was like, and a, a forest fire normally promotes growth mm-hmm. in the wake of it too. I mean, like it's like potash is very good for soil. Yeah. Very good for soil. Um, but I was like reading up on that because it was blowing up in the news about how the world's lungs are on fire basically is what it was going into. And hmm. I was just like, I'm, I don't know anything about this. Mm-hmm. I know nothing about this subject, so I'm going to learn about it. And I was basically just kind of like broadcasting my process of learning about these things. And then I did an episode talking. I, I talked to a friend about mental health. Uh, we just kind of like did an episode on that. It was a nice chat. Um, it was Spencer Maloney, actually. He's a cool dude. Oh, nice. Yeah, I love Spencer. Yeah. Um, and then I, I had a talk uh I, I did another one on like gun violence and like the ratios around cops. I like learned a lot of stuff. Like mm-hmm. it was really cool. Like digging on all this research, I was posting all my sources. Um, 
because it was another thing that I didn't see podcasts do. It was like whenever they were like citing a source around something like that, like I would never hear him say, it. I was like, I was like, Hey, this came from here, here. You can click on this now instead of giving me like a 40 million character link because, yeah. because the websites are all like yeah. deep in there and be like, okay, have fun finding this article. It's like, no, I'm going to post it for you right here. Um, mainly because I felt like if I was going to be talking about something to where there was some questions about it, like I needed you, like I needed to cite my sources so somebody could like draw their own conclusions. Yeah. Which I guess comes back to the same thing that I was, that I was talking about. I was like, I need, I need it to be open enough to interpretation or I don't know if I'm right. Right. And I don't know if I'm right enough to where I could be the authority on any of it. Um, well, yeah. So it's, and and with this story, like we're we're dipping very much into that territory. It's just like, okay, I don't know enough about any of this to to really say. It's like my my only instinct is to go towards like the most logical explanation, mm-hmm. which, in fairness, is uh, in in the event to where you had a soldier who did run off mm-hmm. to the Taliban. My most logical explanation for why the media would cover something like that is because the military doesn't want people talking about how their conditions are so shitty. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, in that case, <laughs> yeah. that that people are willing, that soldiers are willing to join the Taliban. Right. It's like, is it the most logical explanation to me that that guy was so displeased with his job that he decided that he in the military in the U.S. that he had grown up with his entire life and had been fighting with. Mm-hmm. for so long that like he was willing to just like up and walk out. like like if that was the case i feel like there's a lot more to like what his interactions would have to be overseas in order yeah. to like explain something like that like i can't say that it would be simple enough to say that he wasn't happy with his conditions yeah or, no, with I, the I, work I, that he was doing that that was enough i was like no there had to have been like a certain a really strong appeal to the taliban specifically that would have drawn him over which is something that I find bonkers out but of, at the out same of American, time out of a United States soldier, given what they'd seen the Taliban doing over there. And like, that that so that's that way of thinking, though, how you connected the dots that essentially there had to have been something that was a greater appeal outside of, you know, just shitty conditions. You know, if that's that how it could also. Like, yeah. If he if he was actually Assuming captured that because he was like fucking around like he was fucking around. Another easy explanation is that he was just fucking around outside the base mm-hmm. because he was fed up with doing the shot, and he actually did get captured. Yeah, yeah, like, which is which is possible. It like, yeah, it's like people are rebellious of authority in in general, and yeah, like, even as even as. But I, I find that kind of crazy too, because I mean, most it'd be of, tough to believe, because given the nature of the environment he's in and what he yeah, went over there to do. Yeah, you don't really, you don't really. I don't. I find that's it like hard to believe that somebody would be willing to just fuck around with. Uh, yeah, with your, li- with your life, like, yeah, with your life in go. limbo out there with the Taliban just waiting to kill, you know, to kill you essentially yeah, at any that's... given moment. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's what's so bizarre about all of it is it's you know, I I. Definitely would just I definitely do just believe my brother, you know, by all means. And that's there's probably a level of bias in there. Um, you know, it isn't something that I can say that I necessarily dug deeper socially and was just like, hey, but I, I do well, recall bi- bias is impossible to ignore. Right? Yeah, it's impossible to avoid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like everybody's going to have a bias that they're coming from. So but, you know, but at once as we just did with diving deeper into like, 
you know, okay, well, like maybe, maybe there was something else going on there. You know, the other things, like I said, all I ever heard was just that the dude was kind of a little on the, on the weird side. And what, what he meant by that is just unstable, you know, which again is understandable given that you're, you're at war. I can't imagine much mental stability when you're in that kind of environment, you know, which could also be an argument for him walking out there or whatever. But the thing that there's still questions that I had was just like, you know, well, how did he know the Taliban was going to be out? How did he contact him? Did he contact him? You know what I mean? Like there's just levels to it where yeah, it is, which it is, is which weird. is why I'd want to be like more versed on yeah. like details on what happened. Cause there's a lot of questions that there's a lot of questions that I would have asked had I been the journalist with CNN trying to like get information from right. the military about what had happened. Right. And so without reading up on it, it's kind of like tough for me to comment on it. Well, yeah. And it's, yeah, but it was very odd, like watching the video of it. And I, I imagine there's probably some way to look at it, but mm-hmm. him being held captive, he just was being taken care of so well. I mean, and that was something that was just kind yeah, of further. Captivity by Taliban doesn't sound quite as luxurious as you're describing it. Yeah, so. exactly. That's what, you know, like, I don't know. Every time I think Taliban, I think of people getting tied up and, you know, blindfolded and heads chopped off. You know, like uh, not not somebody who, you know, because I, I, I shit you not, he was like cross-legged. He was sitting down. He had fresh clothes on and he was just, he, he had like like an, like an eight to 12 course meal just like laid out. And it just didn't That's make a lot of courses. Yeah. It just didn't make sense to me. <laughs> Cause I'm like, he's got like this all you can eat buffet, but he, you know, and then now they're changing the narrative. He wasn't, he didn't walk off the base. He was captured. And I'm like, they really about to just cover this up. Like, you know, and I was just like, well, why? And uh, like you said, the whole save face thing makes sense. But yeah, I just, I felt maybe it was a political reason. Like, Oh, we have to save face for the country, but save face for military makes much more sense than just country because they're kind of one in the same in a lot of ways. Well, yeah, I don't even but, think I don't even think they'd be worried about saving face for the country because like the military doesn't really have to do that. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. we're fighting for your freedom. We don't have to save face for you for <laughs> shit, right? Um, but saving face for the military to keep people's faith in it, sure, I can see that. Yeah, we should definitely like jump to something like higher toned though <laughs> 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 i don't know like because we're we're, oh, we're nearing the end of like the time that i have for tonight so uh-huh. like and i would really rather like end it on something like yeah but positive like, not like, <laughs> like you're a fucking new dad that would have been a great topic to jump into uh, oh yeah my son i mean i guess you're not the uh, newest dad and it's like how old is he now like four months yeah four months i, was like, I think i saw well because you know a lot of last post there a lot of people don't know that i actually have a second kid you know, a lot of people don't know that and well, I didn't know that you had a first kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, yeah. So my first, I, knew, I thought your second kid was your first kid. Oh yeah. No, that's, that's pretty much everybody. No, my, you my motherfucker, my actual <laughs> first kid, uh, is a girl and her name is Katerina. She, uh, turns 10. You would. Yeah, she turns ten in you on. You would uh, have a kid for fucking ten years, not. <laughs> what? God what? fucking damn it, man! Hey, man. I'm I just... mean, I'm glad I'm learning this now on the air. Like, that's a good way to do it. it like, I'm a man of mystery. We've chatted no, for. Kidding. We've chatted a fucking lot over the years, and this is the first time I'm hearing this shit. Oh shit, dude. Well, yeah, no, she's she's awesome. She's fucking amazing. Um, do, you see, do you see her a lot? Like, is no, it... and that's the biggest reason why most people haven't heard of her. So, so does she it, not live in the area, or she does. So there's, it's just kind of, it was kind of a weird setup. You know, me, me and her mom were high school sweethearts. And I, told, I wanted to fucking talk about lighter stuff. In here. I, no, it's, it's like, I've got another kid. 
I don't see her a lot. It's a weird situation. No, we have a good relationship. We, you know, we talk. Like I do see her every now and again. It's not like that. Okay. Like no, we're good. She she came over and met her younger brother, her half brother, and she loves him to death. And she and you know her. She met Taylor, and you know they get along great. No, it's no, it's good. Begging you for something wholesome at this point. No, like no, there's there's zoo trips, there's zoo trips and family events and stuff. (laughs) You know, no, there's lots of good stuff happening. No, it's all it's all good. But you know, to give you the backstory, since I haven't given you the backstory, is just me and her mom. Just you know, we were young and dumb, so to speak. You know, had some toxicity here and there, and shit happened. And yeah, so there were some moments where you know a lot of people can relate there. Yeah, like I I don't even have to necessarily explain myself. People can already kind of concoct maybe how some situations went south and you know some things you know created this diverge that happened but no i've i've uh you didn't have to split up because there was a black cock in your backyard yeah nothing like that thank god no (laughs) oh good oh good we just had personality issues (laughs) (laughs) like like most people that end up being single parents i mean yeah like that's I mean, that's a good way to look at it, at least. It's like, yeah. I mean, you have people who have, like, divorced relationships. I consider it a divorce because you had a kid with her. But Yeah, yeah. But no, like, we're... But you're mature enough to be like, hey, we don't work together, but we can co-parent properly. Exactly. And that's like, the thing. is like, you know, me and me and, and her mom are still friends, even. I would say... I would go as far as to say friends. Like, we, we get along well, but we know we know our roles. You know, there's right. no... Uh, better to better to split things up knowing that like the compatibility isn't going to be there and give like the kid a better shot at life. Than yeah. To have to live in a household where the parents fucking hate each other. Yeah, exactly. So no, like it's no, it's cool. It's great. Um, you know, yeah, I love my, I love both of my kids to death. <laughs> Dude, there's so many levels God, to I me that so. <laughs> there's so many levels to me that we haven't talked about, but again, it's, it is because I've learned to be more private in general. It, it has, it's been tough trying to adapt he, to this. He said broadcasting live. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, there, there are moments where you just want to tell people about yourself, but like, I don't know, the more and more as you start to become this concept of a public figure, or at least the, as that, as that reality becomes a little bit more real or, you know, mm-hmm. you just learn when to shut the fuck up. <laughs> and then there's moments like this when you're with your friend and you kind of just full send everything and possibly put yourself well, that's on what I wanted to do. radar. Like when I started, but, when I was like, I was going to shoot this, I was like, I want to talk to people I find interesting, but I also want to like talk to friends about interesting stuff. And we get kind of both here and it's like, all right, cool. Um, if it's if it's I a, didn't think we were going to talk about Blackhawks and government track phones, but <laughs> but um, yeah, like no, like I, I mean, I've always been enamored with you guys with with the tale untold ever since I met y'all, um, and I'll be the first to admit that I'm not the best in the world about supporting people online and doing it like publicly. It's okay, it's like I I try and stay off social media, honestly, like I, like for the most part when I'm on Instagram, it's cause I like I post and then I ghost I'm gone. Mm-hmm. Like I'm out. Um, like I, I, I don't pay close attention to my, uh, to my comments unless it's a, unless it's a spam comment. If, mm-hmm. if I get one of those like spam robot comments, I'm like, okay, can I make a joke out of this? All right. right. No. All right. Then I'll just delete it and be done with it. Um, but I, like I'll, I'll try and be interactive. Like I'm, I'm the biggest proponent for how important it is for creators to be online yeah, and to like be posting stuff and all that shit. But I don't do it myself because I, I, I hate that. That's how it has to be done. Yeah. I like I hate the game that you have to play as a creator these days. I have a massive amount of respect for people who can pull it off. 
and I have a massive amount of irritation about people who could pull it off and could do really, really well, but don't do it. <laughs> like that part bugs me a lot. And so that was one, that was something that I was always getting on you guys about. Yeah. Cause like, the potential every, was there. Every time the... we talk to each other and it's like, and well, that was the whole reason that I got started in uh, like photography and everything too. It was like, I needed to create content for my band. Mm-hmm. And then, and so like I, I had already had a little bit of experience with video like I, I, I hadn't really done anything with photography. I had tried before, but didn't really get anywhere. Um, I didn't know that I had a knack for photography until I really started getting into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you guys were one of the first bands that I actually, that I got to shoot with. Yeah. I do and, remember that. Um, that photo was well, badass. Uh, one of the first ones live anyway. Like I, I'd done some other stuff. My band ended up fizzling out and, uh, like I ran into you guys and, I don't know. There was something unique. Like the first time I saw you, it was it was a show that we had both played together. Uh, it was in, it was in Lincoln, and uh, and we got Omaha in Lincoln. Oh yeah. Fucking nobody showed up mm-hmm. for any of us. Like it was pretty much us, the bar staff, and the people that and the other bands basically. Yeah. I can't remember the I can't remember the band that played um, after you guys for the life of me. But they're crazy talented. Um, but this is a long time ago. And I can't fucking remember for the life of me who it was, but um, you guys were like pretty early on into your set, and I remember thinking, I was like, these guys have room for improvement, but like they like your energy was awesome, like like you guys' stage present was really good, um, and then and you were female fronted, you had like you had a you had a, like a gender diverse yeah uh, group up there. I was just like, all right, cool, and you guys weren't like leaning into it. At the time, yeah, like it wasn't no, something we, that you were like trying to shove in people's faces and stuff. Yeah, and that was refreshing. We still try to stay away from that. I mean, it's not. I wouldn't say we try to stay away from it. We just do stay away from it because. And I don't. I don't know how you and I ended up like engaging more than anybody else. Uh, I think we just. I think we were just the loudest. <laughs> <laughs> something that's probably what fucking was. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. Every every single time we interacted, it was just like, all right, cool. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna know these people for a while, which is. Which has been awesome. Yeah, it's, it's super cool. I'm like super grateful for you guys for tolerating me being around you guys with a camera in your uh, face like, all the time. For it's tolerate is like, not an accurate word. Uh, like can... I love. Well, I mean, I I <laughs> felt so bad about like the uh, I felt so bad about the the documentary not coming out and and not being able. Like honestly, I probably could have made something out of it, but it wouldn't have felt. It wouldn't have made me feel good mm-hmm. putting out something that was like not my vision that I didn't feel good about and it would have felt like kind of half-assed. So it's just like, fuck, I can't yeah. do this, but I had to give you guys something. So I tried to make you cry. Dude, no, <laughs> I, which gave was you, I gave you a little clip and I was just like, completely successful. Mind you. <laughs> like I still have that clip saved. Like, I was I'm just pretty like, sure I need to, I need to give them something. I need to just kind of like give them a thank you. Just be like, fuck. No, it was awesome. So bad about the whole thing. It was crumbling, but it was still amazing. Like I, it was executed very well, at least from our perspective. So I mean, that was, that was, that was good. I, uh, yeah, like I, I'm like eternally grateful for, um, you guys being out there. Cause I mean, that was a big part of, uh, of my photography career taking off was doing concert photos. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I shot you guys a couple times. Uh, we did, we did some video stuff. We shot you guys all time high video, which was super fun. Yeah. Like, that was a great, yeah. time. that was a great time. We actually just posted that on our social media, like earlier today, I think again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just yeah. Repost it. I love that. Yeah. It's on that. there. Um, God damn. It was a long day though. Yeah, it was. <laughs> that was yeah. A long that, day. that big ass hot building. 
Yeah. Middle of summer. Yeah. Hot as fuck. And then I made you guys all wear like extra clothes too. It was like we were, yeah. didn't get to dress super light for the majority of it. That really sucked. Lisa's makeup was running. She had to touch up multiple times. She had to touch all you up multiple times. Yeah, too. yeah. Cause we, we, all had, we all had it different. It was so hot. And I was carrying around the vest with the camera all day. Like I did the heavy. Yeah. Rig. It was like, that was a mistake, dude. I still. <laughs> My I, back hurt so goddamn bad when I got done with that shoot that day. I'm kind of mind fucked that for whatever reason, I never got around to telling you I have two kids. That's like, well, that's crazy to me. I don't know. It just must not have happened organically. It just didn't come up organically. It was now a good time to tell you that I've got four. Yeah, right. (laughs) No, I don't. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. Like, I I don't know. There's levels to me. I know that we are probably running out of time, but if you want to do a podcast. Like, I, I don't. I don't like try and pry into people's personal lives either. Like that's another part of it. Well, that's something like, like, if you want to know about me, like I, there's a lot of things that I'm very comfortable with talking about the things that I, I mean, honestly, there's damn near nothing. I'm not comfortable talking about. Well, I don't, I don't need to make a podcast out of all of it. Yeah, like, obviously yeah. it's your personal life, but yeah. like, I don't know. Like part. So the podcast is kind of like a catalyst cat, catalyst catalyst to just get me out more mm-hmm. um, because I've been a shut in for a really long time. I'm um, becoming that way. Uh, myself. Well, you kind of have to. Your dad, you got, like, you're a new dad well, again. You got, even... you got a, you've got a, a newborn laying around. It's like, yeah, uh, for like... sure, but not like mentally, because I, I don't. There's still levels to this, but you know, I went and got a psych evaluation done recently because after having a kid, it altered the chemicals in my brain and my my PTSD from literally everything that happened in my childhood in a positive way or no 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 i'm at no like i've become a recluse like i i'm to the point where like i don't even want to do normal things like grocery shopping like i'm okay to go out and normal you did before you came over here today right right (laughs) well because i I have you're on a crazy path to healing yeah right out here i have to nowadays i have to force myself to go out because otherwise like i just i order everything to the house i don't ever leave um, I, I go mean, to places where I, I, I that impulse. Honestly. I go to places where I know it's a safe environment, but outside of that, like, cause you know, I, I grew up around like a lot of gang violence and stuff like that. You know, like I sure. had a neighbor got that got shot in the face and killed. There's a 13 year old that got gunned down diagonally across the street. You know, my brother and I almost got caught in a drive by once, you know, I get used to a lot of, yeah. and it's not even targeted towards us. It's just kind of like, you know, that's just kind of like the life. This stuff happens. Yeah. Right? It just happens. But I was fine with my childhood until, um, you know, four years ago when I was involved in some gun violence myself, that kind of like made me a little like I wasn't okay with my childhood anymore because I'm just like, whoa, this is like dangerous. I could have, you know, been killed or harmed in these situations. You know, I just went through a life and death situation myself. Whoa. So it's like my brain was a little off just from that incident but through so therapy and gone, stuff you've gone now into like sort of like a protective mode yeah so as so like whereas that might have been like it was a very slow burning wick like four years into the mix but then mm. after my son was born you know his birth versus my daughter's birth were different and i don't mean this maliciously but you know i was 19 when my daughter was born mm-hmm. and her mom at the time was not a person that i wanted to have a kid with you know so you know, I was there because she's my daughter and I love her and I'd wanted kids, but there were a lot of aspects that felt like I was there out of obligation rather than desire, sure. you know, and it's in, in my opinion, that's very important when it comes to, to properly raising and nurturing a child or at least a healthy one and intention specifically. Yeah. yeah. And so when my son was born, not only was he, he planned and conceived with someone that I was madly and I'm still madly in love with, 
you know, his everything about his existence is intentional and deliberate. So when he was born, it was just like, oh, and I'm getting emotional because I love him so much and I miss him. But it, it just clicked different than like than it did with my daughter. But that change, it changed my mind chemically. And so now so you have kind of like that same feeling around him and your daughter now too. Like you did it kind of like change your, it ideas tripped me out. Yeah. Yeah. It did actually trip me out. My daughter, um, when, cause my son has like some really cool curly hair. It's like night. It's Fuck like it. that kid had a full mohawk yeah. when he was born. That was crazy. <laughs> yeah. And so like, it was, there was a part where she like touched that his kid, hair. That kid had almost longer hair than I did <laughs> than it, I do right now. It <laughs> just, it's something clicked differently when I saw that too. Cause it was just like this part of me, my daughter who I, I, you know, I, it's weird, but it was just like, I gained an infinite amount of love for her. Um, from her interaction with my son, because it was like, I could feel the half of me that had kept me around for so long, going through all the shit that I went through between me and her mom. Cause it was tough, you know, but like, you know, cause there were some, there's some things I'm not going to say on this podcast, but there are some propositions that her mom had made. And I was just like, this is going to suck for me more to tell her to fuck off, but it's going to feel better for me in the end. And I told her to fuck off and she years later thanked me for telling her to fuck off in those moments because she herself i imagine it was more polite than that but. yeah she 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 herself yeah she it was because she's awesome but she herself admitted that she had instabilities and things of that nature and she wasn't you know essentially in her right mind so essentially when you when your kids met you you essentially got to see like the old version of you kind of like meet yeah like the new version of you and kind of like meld and, together yeah, and kind of like heal all that yeah and it just it clicked so different and so now i'm obsessed with both of them um you know and i was obsessed with my, obsessed with my daughter before but due to like the spotty timeline of of you know of our relationship and everything it had kind of simmered a little bit but sure but yeah so that chemical change in my brain just made it to where like you know it's it's almost like the stereotypical dad you get the parental worry. Now. Yeah, but that that parental worry just trickled in and out of my PTSD. So it, it made it to where um, I'm like abnormally hostile, <laughs> just like innately, okay. just innately hostile, just walking around. And um, obviously that's not good, which is why I started seeking help for it. And right. I've yeah, and I'm good. Good. yeah, I'm straight for the most part now, um, you know, but yeah, it was uh, so I'm a shut in as well as what this is all relating to. Um, because not because I'm afraid of like something happening to me. I'm actually afraid of me doing something to other people. Um, because I, I misjudged one situation and that's all it took for me to <laughs> misjudged one situation. I, uh, was in a gas station, which is one of my triggers. Cause I have a million of them. I was in a gas station and I was walking out. And since I was very uncomfortable, I had that thing where I couldn't look people in the face. So I'm like looking down mm -hmm. and uh, I'm walking out the door and I see these feet, these man's feet walk in front of me and I go to step to the right and he steps to the right to his left. So we're about to walk into each other. And I you just had, that, had like, like awkward moment where you didn't yeah, know who was going where. And all that. But instead of it just being an awkward moment or, oh, my bad, bro. Instead of it being something simple, I just went through this list of like chaotic things I was going to do to this guy. Mm. Just like because I don't have a flight mechanism. So it was just all fight. And so I'm walking towards him and I glance up real quick just to kind of see what he's going to do. And the guy's got one of the warmest smiles You've, you've ever seen right and he's just like it was, just like, a, it was almost like a shall we dance moment he, he was, was just like, like oh, just, he's no, just whoops. like hey i really like your hair 
And it just like it killed me, just murdered me inside. Cause I'm just like, you know what I mean? Like I was just like, hey, bro, I was thinking about punching you in the face. Like, you four know, milliseconds ago, just like heinous things. And he just like, it was like this Jamaican guy. He had an accent and everything. And he just compliments me. And it just, it made me feel so warm inside that he complimented me. And I was just like, I'm the problem. Like, I'm the like, problem. I'm the problem. <laughs> just like, here's a mirror to your face. Look at it. Like, and I just, you know, right, now I go heal, bitch. <laughs> yeah, I went <laughs> home. This. I went home and just like <laughs> vented to my girlfriend about a guy complimenting me on my hair for like an hour. It you was have just very like, good hair. well, thank you. But yeah, I just was like, hated myself because I'm like, it is not good to walk in any sense of the word anywhere and just have those innate negative feelings no, no you know and those those hostile and bad intentions so i i shut myself in you know not isolation so to speak but you know it's kind of like selective isolation where it's just mm -hmm. like hey if you're having a weird day man you need to stay inside you need to work through it and you go out in society and you give the world your best version of yourself yeah you know you owe it to them because when i'm around my family and my friends and stuff like that i'm fine you know but if i'm out by myself you know, it's not, it's usually not good. I'm just too on edge, but you know, if I'm out with somebody else, I'm a little more relaxed. So I've been working through it and it's, and it's good. I'm not, I'm not going to be a danger or a threat to society because I refuse, but, um, yeah, having my son where my psychiatrist and soon to be therapist, or they're, they're going to, I, they've already attributed it to a chemical difference from him being born because that's when everything kind of started to go topsy-turvy yeah. but yeah he's i guess you could argue that it's due to the level of compassion i have like that kid is my everything you know and and oh, so is gonna ruin you oh, <laughs> he's gonna no he's you. not he's gonna take you out he's totally not you're turning into you're gonna turn into a big old softy no he probably is i love that kid so much man <laughs> no i mean it in a good way like, yeah I, I think about him every day like, and you know, I, I shoot little cute videos with them and stuff. Actually, you were the one telling me recently I should uh, incorporate them in my TikToks. Oh, I think. yeah. Like my yeah. mind went right into business mode. It was like immediately. It was like, if I have a kid, he's going to, he's going to carry a can I'm going to have a shot of him carrying a camera and he's going to be fucking a better photographer than me or something. Ah, yeah. dude. It's like, you know, it's my, like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to lean into the jokes and all that shit. He's going to be a marketable fucking kid. No, he's just everything to me. And his mom is everything to me too. Like it's. Uh, one of these days, one of the, or even after this, I'll have to tell you this ridiculous story I I made about him, because uh, you know made about him about him, yeah, because you know how you know kids ask like where they came from and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. uh, well, I I simp over oh, his. Okay, you came up with yeah with a ridiculous came up with a ridiculous story for him to hear later. Yeah, you know because right. I I simp over his mom, but I don't know if we have all the time to explain it. Um, no, we don't. Okay, I'm, I'm already, yeah, I'm already like kind of like. Yeah, it's almost ten o'clock. So. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So no, <laughs> we'll leave it there. there. We'll we'll save it. We'll save it for the air for another time or something, and we can just keep it a, like lighthearted stuff, not conspiracy theory, John, or anything like that, or cover up John. But if we want, we can do like a podcast where it's just like John just talking about his. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you now. The time flew by because you want to hazard a guess at how uh, how long we had actually been chatting. One and a half. Uh, no, we're at two and a half hours. Oh shit. Yeah, I didn't think so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, this is a long one. Nice. Um, no, I, I appreciate you coming out. Like, and I don't, I don't like cutting things off, but like times time, and it's, you've, it's you've got, places, you've could, got yeah. places you got to get to too. Yeah. Um, I work in the morning, so ah, uh, yeah, like, fair. 
was like, wow. this, is a, this is a great test run. Like yeah. I wanted, like this is the like this is my first attempt at this. So if you're listening to this now, not only did you get the glory of this actually getting posted, <laughs> um, but you're getting it audio only. I intend I intended this for the for this to be video. So this wasn't going to be my first video episode, which sucks. But at the same time, like um, this is like this is exactly what I wanted. Like this is exactly what I wanted. Well, like, yeah, I wanted, I wanted to bring friends over and just chat. Just like, shoot the shit with each other. I, I didn't expect <laughs> to learn about secret children or anything, <laughs> or black hawk, black hawk helicopters in backyards and shit like that. <laughs> but no, this is good. Um, it's a rabbit hole, man. My whole life is a fucking movie. It's ridiculous. <laughs> you haven't even heard the story about the cartel. The oh, dude, there's so many fucking fucking fuck, man. All right, we'll, yeah. get, we'll get an episode two with John. I'll actually get it on, I'll actually get it on camera. Like, oh God. Ew. Yeah, I'll just add to the ridiculous footage that I have of the shit that you talk about. <laughs> yeah, like, dude, it's it's absurd. It's absurd. This, this, this isn't all I've got. Like, I've got actual footage. You talking all sort of. We tried filming <laughs> a full documentary. I got some weird shit. <laughs> yeah, that's not surprising. I I wish I was making this shit up. I wish I was that good of a writer, dude. <laughs> It'd be awesome. I wish I could plan for shit like that. <laughs> might have to start. It's me. Might have I, to start. I might have to start. We're just gonna have you over on a regular basis, just flying off the like cuff. Bullshit. I'm gonna record your my podcasts with you is gonna be your memoir. Oh God. <laughs> go. Yeah. Yeah. It's gonna be you because just a quick segue i i made an april fool's post several years ago when i the first time i had facebook right. and that april's fool post i told the truth uh, about nine actually no the whole thing was the truth yeah the whole thing i i put it on april fools and it was all true 100 percent of it and i told people to pick out which ones were lies because i knew there was shit in there that was just so <laughs> unbelievable that people would be like, yeah, but there were a lot of people that were like, I'm getting a weird feeling that I think all this shit is true. Because they're like, because I know that like nine out of those ten things are true. And then, yeah, I'm like, nope, April Fool's, it's all actually all right, well, real. April's so. right around the corner, so now I know what to expect. Oh, yeah. maybe Yeah, fuck it. I'll just do it again. <laughs> just do another one. Make it all different shit. Yeah. It's got to be all different stuff. You but, can't repeat yeah. any of it. Okay. I won't repeat it. It'll be all real again. Okay. But uh, but I'm gonna act like it's not. <laughs> All, right. All right, we have something to look forward to now. Right. All right. Well, thank, dude. Thanks for coming in. Yeah. Thanks I, for I having me. I appreciate it. Like, I'm I'm glad that you were able to come chill and hang out for a while. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Um, it's good to get out of the house. I, I've got off-air <laughs> questions for you now. <laughs> right, that's fine. Totally so, fine. All right. Take it easy, man. Thanks, yep. everybody. <laughs>